Welcome to Mental Millennials with your host, Shelby Friesen. Welcome back. Today, we have never <laughs> been here before, you fucking idiot. Oh, I'm talking to the listeners. Oh. <laughs> Holy, oh, that's a great start. Um, okay. I'm like fucking amateur. <laughs> Holy, I didn't think it was going to get this ridiculous this fast. Oh, okay. So I've got my brother, Jamie Friesen, on the show today. Um, we're going to be talking about some disassociative yeah, order. Dissociative. Um, well, I'll just let you start off and explain what that is, and then we can kind of work into it. Yeah, so um, I honestly don't know if I'm saying it right. It's diso- I just say dissociative disorder. I might be missing a syllable there or something. But essentially, that's the new name for person on a severe level is uh, multiple personality. And on, on the other two levels of it, there's three levels. The other two is amnesia, which is complete time and memory loss. Mm. And then the next one is fugue state. And that is when you wander. So some people might... Just black out and then just come to like either miles away. Some people, my therapists have said that they had clients that would black out and end up in Seattle Mm -hmm. and just get on a plane randomly. (laughs) Just like, yeah, so there's all sorts of (laughs) levels of it. And, um, so are, but are are those levels above yours or below? I have all of them. Oh, Okay, you got the complete package. This is sweet. I got super fucked. Um, And then on top of that, uh, they also diagnosed me with complex PTSD. And the the difference between complex PTSD and regular PTSD is regular PTSD is caused by one or two or three like major events, usually one or two. Mm -hmm. And complex is caused by kind of a heightened amount of stress, but over a very, very long period of time. Okay. Okay. Um, so then let's dig into, I guess, when, when did you first start having like weird episodes or things that you knew were, well, you didn't know, but maybe didn't seem so right at the time. Yeah. So it's funny. Cause now looking back, there was actually like, I had always thought there was maybe, I don't know, seven to 10 times that it happened. Mm -hmm. But now that I know what it is and we're retracing steps and kind of bringing up memories from uh, my younger years, it actually happened probably closer to 25 to 30 times. Yeah, those seven to 10 would have just been like the really obvious, super serious (laughs) ones. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So the first time something super bizarre happened, I was about 13 or 14 and I was at a party and I was sitting in the back of a truck everybody was drinking and whatnot. And, um, there's about 12 people either around me in the truck, talking to me in the driveway, like plenty of people that could see me. And I remember our, my friend, or our friend Dion was there and we were in the middle of a conversation and he looked up and all of a sudden I was just gone. I just <laughs> completely disappeared. And I came to like miles and miles away in a swamp up to my knees running and scareder than I've ever been. Mm -hmm. And just, yeah. And and that was when I say came to, I should probably explain how it works. Um, It's like you black out. Mm -hmm. Like if I had to explain it on a timeline, like on a video timeline, yeah, they'd be like, okay, yeah, everything's normal. Everything's normal. And then like snap of fingers, blackout, complete time memory loss. Yeah. And then as you're going through it, it might give you like a little flash and I call them slivers. It's like a sliver of, 
visual. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. you're still not in control of your body. Mm-hmm. It's just a vi- it's just a visual. Sometimes you can feel the emotions that you felt yeah, or yeah, are yeah. feeling at that time. Um and sometimes some spatial awareness too. Yeah. yeah. And then blackout again. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, come to maybe a little bit again, just a little sliver again just maybe a visual, maybe just spatial awareness and emotion. Yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden you come to and you slowly, when you come out of it at the other end, it kind of leaves like a residue on you. Yeah. So for example, it's like the way I try to describe it is it's like unloading a clip out of a gun or something and that gun's loaded with emotion Mm -hmm. that that other personality um, was experiencing and going through. And then it's like you unload the clip and that's you. You're the clip. You take it out and that one goes away and then you put yourself back in. Mm -hmm. But there's still so much emotional turmoil there that I've come to just call residue that it leaves like this kind of residue state on you. So those emotions can still affect me Mm -hmm. when I'm back and when I'm actually me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And then it lasts. And then finally, maybe a couple of hours later or something, I'll be totally back normal normal yeah <laughs> yeah a, a good a good example of the residue state which I'll talk about another story after this which is i had run like 25 miles or something one time yeah, yeah. which is the fugue state wandering randomly yeah, yeah. and I, I, after that i was actually some i was visually conscious but i was in this crazy residue state where i was actually still convinced that someone was coming to pick me up or get me yeah, yeah. and i was pacing back and forth in my underwear on it like in the morning just after a party for like must have been an hour just- so so would that be like something that you're not that would be something that's like left over from being in the state where like no one's actually going to pick you up, but you maybe thought that when you were in that state and when you came out, you still think. Yeah. That. Yeah. 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 And it, and then it slowly kind of wears off. It's like when you wake up from a dream that like seemed really real, but then you're not really sure. <laughs> yeah. And that usually would last for, I don't know, maybe five, 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. If it's a really kind of bizarre experience with a dream. Yeah. Well, that can last for hours with this. Yeah. Yeah. So after about an hour, finally, I kind of just snapped out of it. I think to myself, what the fuck am I doing here? Like, <laughs> why would I even think that ever? No one's coming to get me. Like, so you're I'm, like in a really like, th- like that, a trance yeah, almost. That's for a while. Yeah, but it's not all the time. It's not every time it happens. Mm-hmm. It's really that just that, depends on the on whatever. Yeah, like I was. said, like it's a bizarre mix. Like most people have kind of like one or two of those things, mm-hmm. and having all of them is is like every time's very different. Yeah, yeah. Um, and but oh yeah, should I? I was gonna say, should I start go back to that story? Which one about the? Um, First time it happened? Oh, <laughs> in the field. Was that at Cole's house? No, that was like the third time it happened. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I don't think I remember the first one. Yeah, the first one was at a party in Aldergrove. And mm-hmm. I ran. I had a sliver in a ditch. I was hiding in a ditch. That was the first time I had the little little sliver of knowing maybe what was going on. Yeah. Um, and I was just remember like looking around like someone was hunting me. Yeah, almost. yeah. And then I ran and then came to again in the swamp, like I said. And then I remember calling, I think I was called, I think I called you. I think that was the, you're my only brother night. (laughs) (laughs) Well, like when these things used to happen, I, um, 
I just always brushed it off, right? I was kind of like, okay, what the fuck? Guy's fucking hammered. What an <laughs> asshole. Like, why don't you just not drink so much? Um, and like, in my mind, it was just always, you were drinking too much and it was your problem. Um, that kind of thing. So, and most of the times it would happen, we were, we would both be intoxicated a lot of the times, right? So like, I'm fucking partying. And like, you're fucking like, you're my only brother. You need to fucking save me. And I'm like, <laughs> dude, I'm trying to fucking like have fun and like do whatever's going on. So then I'm like debatably, you know, then I'm upset about it. Whereas like now that I've opened up more and like gone through my own shit and other things, realizing, okay, fuck, like that's a really serious thing. And like, I wish that I would have had a different view on it, but I don't, you know, there's nothing you can change about that. But, um, yeah, it's definitely, uh. Yeah, I think that's an, imp- I don't know. It yeah. is what it is. Yeah, what do you do? But- you, you learn from it. And it was uh, a good lesson. I mean, at a time in our lives, it was a good lesson for me to learn how to figure my own shit out. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah. What do you do? Yeah. I guess, yeah, so that would have been the night. I remember that. You were calling me. I just remember my phone like blowing up. It's like, you're my only brother. <laughs> Save me. I'm like, bro, you're telling me you're in the middle of a swamp. You're like, I'm in the middle of the swamp. I'm fucking, all I have is my boxers. And I'm like, man, how am I even supposed to find you? If I was going to come right now and get you, like, I don't even know how I would even do that. But yeah. Yeah. And I also called mom mm-hmm. and I actually almost cried when she, she told me this not too long ago, actually, like within the last couple of months what I said. Yeah. Like I had called her and I, and I, I never, I never really knew what I said. Mm-hmm. Um, like obviously cause I was blacked out. Yeah. Yeah. But I said something along the lines, like they're coming to kill me. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I can stop it. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sorry. I'll yeah, tr- yeah. I'll try my best kind of thing. I love you. Yeah. And yeah. then at that time, I believe I smashed my phone because mm-hmm. I was running with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And and then, yeah, that that time has was to, that when you called the cops too and hid in the bushes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So like, man, it got weird. Like, I did some weird shit. I mean, I'm kind of a fucking weird person as is. But then, like, in a state like that, um, and we'll get to like how the multiple personality thing plays into it as mm-hmm. well, uh, later in a bit. But, um. Yeah, like there was that time, there was a fair bit of kind of those slivers where I could visually see and feel kind of it's, I'll explain Mm -hmm. that. Um, But yeah, I I ended up actually, and like some of this I pieced back from, like I told mom some stuff because she ended up coming to pick me up. Yeah. Uh, and found me. She was like, there's three people from the family driving around Aldergrove that night trying to find me. Yeah. And she ended up being the one to come get me and, and found me in a ditch while well, I found her. Actually, I saw her car drive by and I ran after it like as fast as I could. And yeah, she yeah. like freaked her out and got in. But I guess I told her some things about that night and then she repeated them back to me. Um, mm-hmm. um, but what I had done is I was scared someone was chasing me, like someone was trying to kill me. Yeah. And like the most immense amount of fear that I've ever felt. And I ended up knocking on some random dude's door and this old, and like after, like, it's like 1am. So yeah, yeah. I remember it always be really late. Yeah. And buddy guy comes out and just, you can imagine the look on his face, man. I just, I'm, I'm drunk. I'm like fucked and I'm wet. I'm just like, look like a swamp and I'm panicking. Like I'm freaking out and I'm just like out of breath. Like someone's trying to like come kill me, like whatever. And then, um, he called the cops 
or I asked him to call the cops or something. Yeah. And yeah. he called them and then they walked up, but then I decided that I didn't trust them. Mm-hmm. So then I like slipped back into a bush and I swear to God, I was about 10 inches away from this cop and he was standing at the door talking to the dude and the guy's like, he was just right here. I don't know where he went. And I was just like standing right here, just staring at this cop. Like, like fuck these guys. <laughs> and they drove away and I ran out and eventually found mom. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I feel like most of the major ones like that were always late and usually um, would end in mom somehow finding you. Yeah, there's a lot of connections to mom. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, there's there's another time that happened was actually pretty bizarre. This is so I guess to continue along the story, that was the first time it happened. Mm -hmm. It happened plenty of other times. Um, Yeah. What's another good example? I mean, the one in Coles. I don't know why swamps are always a thing, I guess, because of where we live. But (laughs) that was was similar to the other one. Um, Or the one where you woke up in like Surrey with no clothes. The what you already sort of told, you woke up with no clothes and then. Yeah. So that one, um, Connor was with me. Connor's my best friend. He was there for a lot of these actually. Um, we were driving back from somewhere. We were at a party or something and we were all drunk. There's like five of us or something. I don't know if the driver was drunk, so I shouldn't say all of us, but (laughs) 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 and then um, I was sitting in the back seatbelt on shoulder to shoulder to Connor. We're all talking and whatnot. And we came to like a rolling stop and all of a sudden I was just gone, just like Mm -hmm. completely disappeared. Nobody heard me, felt me, heard my seatbelt off the door open, nothing. I was just gone. And then that was somewhere in like Langley, Cloverdale area. And I ended up on the other side of Surrey, which is like, I don't know, 20 miles away or more. And I was in a, in an industrial park and I had built myself a shelter out of signs that I kicked down and I built myself a shelter and I had, I don't know where my shoes went and I don't know where my pants went. I was in my boxers and a dress shirt from the party and I slept in my little hut. And then I was paid. And then in the morning in the residue state, I was pacing back and forth, expecting somebody to come like as if I knew someone was coming to get me, but they weren't. Yeah. Well, didn't you end up going to like a grocery store? Yeah, I was. So that's, oh man, that's gotta be one of the most embarrassing um, things of my life. And I was like (laughs) also hung over as fuck. So I'm just like the bags in my eyes and I'm just like feeling like a dead zombie and I'm walking across the street. I'm waiting on the side of the street for the crosswalk sign to go. And all it's on the major highway. And all these cars are just staring at me. And I'm just like, fuck all of you. I'm just like, <laughs> just walking across the street, doing the walk of shame in front of all these people at like fucking 10 a.m. And then I walked into a Save on Foods and asked to use their phone. And like all the fucking girls working behind the counter just laughing at me. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, I remember that, too. I feel like a lot of times your phone would die and shit and then it's like... Yeah, yeah, I had no phone. Or lose it or whatever. I don't know how the hell your fucking clothes come off every time, too. Yeah. (laughs) Almost every time it's like, I have no clothes. (laughs) (laughs) It's like instantly you get scared and you rip all your clothes off. Yeah, I don't know. Weird, but I don't know. Part of it, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot of bizarre little aspects to it. Um. Yeah, so those are some of the bigger events. And then more recently, you've realized, like more recently, you've realized what it was and you've been working on that. Um, and it's been a bigger, it's been a big thing lately. So maybe 
we, I don't know, I'd say maybe go over the most recent event that happened and then what you've been doing since then and realizing and kind of like, yeah, um, going back afterwards. So one thing that I'd like to mention is that in grade 11, I dropped out and I spent about a year doing a lot of meditation, yoga, reading, self-discovery, mm-hmm. a lot of deep contemplation, journaling, um, contemplating who I was, my philosophy, all that stuff. And also stopped drinking for that year. Yeah. yeah. And after that, it seemed to stop happening mm-hmm. for uh, like a long period of time Yeah, for years. And then I, it kind of felt like it went away. Like mm-hmm. it kind of felt like I was, I didn't worry about it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and after that, because Everybody had always said that it's the alcohol. Nobody knew what it was. I didn't know what it was. Mm -hmm. I knew it was something kind of fucked up. I knew it was more than the alcohol, but nobody. Yeah. I just think it's so hard to tell. Like, fuck. I mean, alcohol just makes everything worse. I mean, I could tell. It was very easy for me to tell. Yeah, yeah. And like a lot of other people, too, who were like a little bit more in tune or open, they're like, yeah, like that's not normal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, and then I, I reintroduced alcohol very slowly, specifically with beer, mm-hmm. and this is important. That and I, I only I would try I'd go out after a year of not drinking and like working on myself, and I'd have one beer, and then maybe you know a few mm-hmm. weeks later I'd try and go out and just have two, yeah. and I'd be very very cautious. So it's like I retrained myself to be able to go out and have fun because at that age when I was, I don't even know how old I was then, like eighteen, nineteen, or something, yeah, yeah. maybe even younger. Um, I still like was in that mindset where I really felt the need to go out and have fun in that way. Mm-hmm. So that was important to me. So I did that and it seemed to work like it, it, had, it, I didn't really happen to me. Like, and again, it's not to say that it happens all the time when I drink. It's, it's like, for it example, just, like escalates it. Yeah. So it's like, and I mean, well, yeah, I feel like just having one or two beers isn't going to send it into an, a crazy episode. No, the way, the way, um, the best way I can put it is, is uh, the alcohol makes, makes people in a more of a porous state. Um, and like a visualization for me is like your, the energy in your body kind of expanding mm-hmm. and be- almost becoming a little bit more vulnerable. Yeah. And then allowing more things to come in and through you. Mm-hmm. Almost like making your opening yourself up to other triggers. Yeah, I don't yeah. think alcohol in itself is the trigger. It just opens me up to yeah, other triggers. Yeah, true. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that so I, it kind of went away for those years, and then last year I was at a party, and um, I was kind of the new one. I was with Emma, my girlfriend, mm-hmm. my partner, and I was kind of like the new one into the friend group. So it was fun, you know, it was, it was good fun. Everybody's kind of like pushing a little bit more alcohol on me than I would normally do. And like, it's been, again, it's been so long. I didn't even think, I didn't yeah, even think yeah. to be like, fuck, I can't drink any hard stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I ended up drinking some of it. I mean, no fault to anybody that's completely on me. Um, and again, like it, it is what it is, but I woke up that night screaming in, in the middle of the night, crying, freaking out for mom. Yeah. yeah. And I was I was just like, I was, you know, she was in trouble. I needed to get to her. Like I was having Mm -hmm. a full on crazy attack. Like I just needed to get to her like right now. Yeah. Um, and Emma had never seen that before and I, she didn't know about it again because I thought it had gone away. Yeah. Um, 
so she calmed me down. I think it happened a couple of times. And then in the morning, when you come out of it, you're left with an impression. And the best way I can describe this impression is imagine a quilted blanket and each square that's quilted into it is a piece of information. Mm -hmm. It could be spatial awareness, like what was in the room. It could be emotions. It could be any other type of information. Some of them are locked. So some of them you don't even get, you know, they're there, but you don't get them. Yeah. Yeah. And then someone drapes that over top of you and then it soaks into your skin. Mm -hmm. It's just like a bodily knowing it's not, if you start thinking about it, it disappears. Yeah. yeah. It, it's like, you just have to feel almost. Yeah. And I woke up and I knew right away that mom had been drinking the night before and she had a breakdown. Yeah. I knew that immediately. So it's like, it triggered that. And by the way, like, I mean, obviously, you know, this mom was an alcoholic until, um, about the age of 12. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, when I was 12 and then, um, that's a whole nother story, but I needed her. I, I yeah. Basically yeah. said that, um, I'm not coming to see you anymore until you stop drinking. And then she did it again. And then I left and then she called me three days later and, um, said that she's going to rehab and whatnot. So mm-hmm. that, that at a younger age, that was a big, uh, a big thing for me. Yeah. And my bond and connection with mom was a big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that triggered it that night, yeah. which is crazy to think because that's, she's, you know, hundreds of miles or hundred kilometers away. Yeah, and wasn't she? She was in a Soyuz or something. That I week. think she was in Hope. Yeah, she was at some party or something. I remember it. Yeah, yeah. And it was, um, yeah. So that was that was bizarre. And I called her in the morning right away, and and she confirmed it. And I was like, yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah. So after that, I went to a hypnotherapist because I was like, you know, this is kind of fucked up. It hasn't happened in so many years, and it happened again. And I, you know, I think maybe I'm strong enough to get to the bottom of it now. Yeah, yeah. So I went to a hypnotherapist didn't agree with them, like not agree with them, but I didn't like vibe with them. She was like a stage hypnotherapist or not even hypnoth like a stage hypno person. It was a stage hypnotherapist. Like a mean. circus hypnotizer. Where you, oh, you know what I mean? Does that for like show. Yeah, for like a trick. And then I guess she moved into the therapy realm, but she was still speaking to me like it's some kind of show. And I'm just like, it just, oh. it was like just. So it was a thought, weird experience. Yeah. Like it wasn't sitting right with me. I'm sitting there like trying to focus on getting hypnotized, but also just like hearing her fucked up voice. <laughs> <laughs> and like, cause they're supposed, like the hypnotherapist, what are they supposed to do? They're supposed to bring you into a theta state almost, mm-hmm. uh, which is like the state, um, as you're falling asleep or the state as you're waking up, almost like a vivid dream. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that's, and then they'll do that to pull like information out of you or things like subconscious things. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then they'll, um, ask you questions and yeah. you'll just speak the first thing that comes to mind type thing. Yeah. Um, so we tried, I think I went to one or two sessions not a lot really came out. The first few. Yeah. The first couple of like first one or two, I might've just been one actually. And yeah, like not much really came out. We just like tried to dabble a little bit deeper. And, and this was the same lady you went to her a couple of times. No, no, no. Oh, that that just was once. just a year ago. And it, what I started not being able to sleep. After the hypnotherapy. Yeah. Like all of a sudden I was super scared that someone was going to come into my door 
you know, I still, I still think that I may have been abducted by aliens, but I think that's for, I still think that's for a different episode maybe. Um, but I, 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 but yeah, I was like, I felt scared that someone or something was going to like come into my door at night and I would lay there for hours and not be able to sleep. I couldn't sleep for like three days. I've always had that same feeling though. Like I remember when I was younger too. I mean, that's why I'm curious to go to one as well. Um, creeped out here. I'm looking behind me. <laughs> <laughs> Cause I, but I was always, for me, it wasn't doors. It was windows. Oh really? Yeah. I don't know why windows, but when, when we lived at our dad's place at Dwayne's still, I remember like every night, like freaking out. Like I was thinking someone was standing right outside the thing oh, or people really? were walking up to it. And that would happen. Like I remember it vividly, like all the time. So it wow. kind of like weirds me out that I'm like, maybe they came through my window. The aliens took me first <laughs> and then they came through your door to get you beside me. Then we were gone. Well, I swear to fuck, man. When I, I used to have like a protocol um, and I used to like heavily research <laughs> well, your wooden spoon, dude. Oh I used to sleep like a mummy with a wooden spoon about this long. It was like, it was an ironwood spoon. It was like, it was hard as hell. Oh yeah, dude. It was a weapon. It wasn't a spoon. <laughs> and, then, and then I had a knife, a big stupid knife on the other side and I'd yeah. fall asleep like this, like a mummy. And I would sleep, I still sleep like that to this day. Like I'd sleep like a mummy and don't yeah. move like at all. But I swear one night I, I, I had like this weird, again, almost like a vivid dream of like mm-hmm. the whole classic blue light thing coming yeah, through yeah. the window and then I, I um, was sick for three days after that mm-hmm. with the exact symptoms of radiation poisoning. Yeah, yeah. And so, I mean, that totally could have been a fluke, but also could be abducted by aliens. Who the fuck knows? <laughs> I think it's definitely aliens. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, but yeah, anyway, this so the hypno thing, yeah, I was scared for three days. And then I, I started to, I was like, I was subconsciously scared, but I was also like consciously scared. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was both. Yeah, I was kind of like, uh, consciously I was thinking like, I don't know, maybe I'm not ready to dig into it. Maybe yeah. the people that are close to me aren't in a good enough spot. Um, mm-hmm. got, I don't want like, what if it unlocks some crazy shit in my head and I'm freaking out and I need like to go sleep with someone every night. Like, yeah, yeah. Because like, dude, like when I used to be scared shitless of alien, I go sleep with Rico every single night. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I couldn't sleep. I mean, we'd like always have sleepovers, like watching movies and shit, like yeah. together all the time quite often. Yeah. So I was just scared. Like, I don't know what if I, what if no one knows how to help me, I guess was a big fear too. Yeah. Um, and be hard on your own. Yeah. And I was also living like way out in the middle of nowhere at the time by myself. Um, oh, right. So yeah, I, it wasn't, it wasn't super like awesome time. Yeah. Um, but I think those fears were coming, were being caused by my subconscious fear. Yeah. Because I knew that there was so like mm-hmm. subconsciously, I knew that there was something there. Yeah. So then again, it just kind of didn't happen. There was like a small, a brief episode in the summer mm-hmm. as well, um, where I kind of like walked off and wandered around a bit and Emma was there too. <clears throat> and then recently, like two, three months ago, it happened again, like the worst episode that's ever happened, like by far. Um, the exact details of it, I'm not at liberty to say or, or, or talk about, but it hurt, you know, it hurt some people close to me. It, it hurt, it hurt me a shitload. Mm-hmm. It hurt some people close to me. And the dynamics of the way that it happened it brought my, it brought it. So here, here's another, it, this is like getting into the stuff that's really hard to explain. Cause it's like the actual like mental shit, what's going on. Yeah. 
But what happens sometimes is it feels like I'm being thrown into the back of my own head mm-hmm. and actually visually looks like that sometimes too. Yeah, like yeah. I've gotten, gotten in fights before where it just looks like I'm watching my body move itself like a video game mm-hmm. that's like this big. Yeah. So yeah. I'm like, that's my eyes. And I'm like way back here looking in. Okay. So, and, and the impression thing goes along with this too. So it leaves impressions on me mm-hmm. after it lets me out. Yeah, yeah. But this time got interrupted in such an emotionally traumatic way that it let, like, it's like me, it's like I felt it it traumatized me and it made me full of grief, sadness, love even in a weird way, anger, frustration. It, It made me really emotional, emotional enough that I was able to put an impression on it. Mm-hmm. instead of just it on me. Yeah, yeah. So for a very brief moment, it's like both personalities were living in the same head mm-hmm. and just like ripping each other apart. Like it was that experience in itself was one of the most traumatic things I've ever been through. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And that's like, is that at the end of the episode? That was right in the middle. Okay. Right in the middle. Yeah. And, and again, like it's way too powerful to ever overcome it. Like, it's not like, I don't know. It's like in movies, you see this classic thing where it's like, you know, the, the fucking character, like overcoming their demon or some shit and they overpower with the good. Like that's, that's like not a thing here Yeah, yeah. Um, to the best of my experience and and knowledge. Like at least not yet. Yeah. Like once it, once the blackout occurs, there's nothing I can do. Mm-hmm. I can do everything in my power to change my lifestyle and and make sure the triggers don't happen and things like that, um, and and integrate it like mm-hmm. it is healable, which I'm going doing right now. But yeah, um, yeah. Once the blackout happens, once the switch happens, there's no ability for me. Like it's way too strong. There's no ability for me to. Take I mean, over it's, again. it's pretty, it would be pretty similar to like blocking out from just like, you, you know, normally blocking out from drinking. Once you block out, you have no idea you blocked out. No, like how, then like there's nothing you can do once you block out from drinking. You can't just switch out of it. Yeah. You're fucked. Yeah. I guess in a way that that until, would. Until you, it's just essentially obviously way more extreme and, and different, more emotional and stuff, right? Yeah. With the drinking thing, you just literally pretty much remember nothing. Wake up, people tell you you did some dumb shit, <laughs> and that's it. But I don't think you get as much. I mean, I think you still maybe get a bit of the sliver stuff, but I don't think you're really left with many impressions of anything. Yeah, no, it's definitely more emotional. Like yeah. I, because I can clearly tell the difference when oh, I yeah. when I blackout drunk versus blackout have an episode. Okay. Yeah. Like yeah. very clearly. Um, and can you tell? You can you can tell during it. Too, or just after when you snap out or a bit of both. Probably. So during it's weird. So again, like when I say the sliver, I, yeah, when I, yeah, it's, oh, how do I explain this? Um, when I say the sliver and I get that visual awareness, you, you got to remember, I'm just, I just mean visual. Mm-hmm. I yeah, don't yeah. like, it's not me. Yeah. So yeah. like, it's not really my I don't know. Is it weird to say it's not really my memory to have because it's, it's the, the other energy that's kind of taking control of my body at that point. Um, 
Yeah, I think but it's pretty hard to explain. It I might think. be closer to a flashback. Um, oh, for okay. example, yeah, like yeah. it all happens and then all of a sudden I get this impression, like I get the memory of it after it lets me back into my head. Okay. But the way I remember it is like a video timeline so I can kind of tell which things took place in what order and what order the emotions took place in. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So maybe a flashback's better explanation there. Okay. Yeah. Makes sense a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I, I, mean, it's, it's I a, should have actually printed out some art. Maybe if we do a blog post or something, we'll throw some art in there that yeah, helps I can explain post some photos it. and stuff. Yeah, because trying to explain this to people, some of the best ways I find is actually looking up. I was, my first thought is like, I'm going to draw this because this yeah, isn't, yeah. <laughs> but then I was like, I can't fucking draw. I'm sitting here <laughs> drawing stick people and shit. Um, yeah, yeah. But well, there's I probably looked, some stuff online that you probably found. Yeah, I looked up artists, like people who have it, but are also artists. I was just going to say, you, to draw could, you could probably draw some of that shit and sell it. <laughs> some super abstract i'm like throwing paint all over the place. um yeah yeah so after that yeah okay so after that um we're that's like the most recent episode the whistler one yeah yeah so since then um you started like seeing a lot more therapists and other types of people and things. So who, who, who like basically post event, what did you, what did you do? Like it hit you. Oh, I fucking freaked out. Yeah. Like, (laughs) (laughs) well, I remember picking you up the next day. I'd slept through the whole thing. So I didn't even know what the hell was going on. I just, but yeah, either way. Um, yeah. So post event. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I basically, cause this one like really, set off like really triggered you and really you know bothered you and a lot of people so it was time to like obviously obviously a time to really dig into it yeah um and again like i i don't know like i still i guess i i had hoped during the past year that it was gone like after seeing the initial hypnotherapist it like i said it happened in the summer but i only really realized that in hindsight like in recent months i realized that that actually indeed was an episode okay so Again, like, it's not like I knew it was back. Um, otherwise. Yeah, they, they would have been pretty mild. Yeah. So it's just this whole, yeah, it, it's really complicated because I do obviously wish that I took the responsibility to heal at that time. Earlier. Earlier. Yeah. Yeah. But. It's hard to tell. Yeah. I mean, I grew up and everybody always just said, it's alcohol. It's alcohol. Stop drinking. You fucking idiot. Um, <laughs> yeah. And yeah, just that like, it was me. And, it, and, and dad was a big player in that. Um, like a lot of like, like, I mean, like, like everything in life, usually like friends and family are the hardest mm-hmm. to get by. Right. So a well, lot I guess of friends. Like one thing on that too would be like, I took more to our father's side of like thinking probably. Um, from a young age. So for those types of episodes where like you would lean to mom and she's a lot more into like the native culture and energy and like more of a holistic side where our, our dad isn't. So it was, and we both lived with Dwayne. So when we would be, these things would happen, it like you would end up more so dealing with mom because everyone, because uh, I had no one else to talk to would be the same thing. We'd both kind of <clears> just be like, fuck this asshole drinking idiot. And then like, we were all kind of like on that page. Whereas, um, and I didn't spend much time with mom growing up. So, Mm -hmm. um, that was for like my own reasons and things. But I think that 
yeah, our, that side, when those times came, kind of just like pulled away and weren't a lot of help. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I definitely, I think some of my most major help was mom, obviously, um, rider, my dog, mm-hmm. um, nature. Sure. Nature was always a big one. Yeah. Uh, just like a few, a few of my closer friends, like Connor and stuff, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's like, it's something I, I'd like to also talk later about open-mindedness and closed-mindedness mm-hmm. and the definitions of those and how those can impact people. Yeah. Um, because I've, I've kind of been stuck in a, a stigma around that I feel. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, yeah, some people think that they're like open to it or open-minded, but in reality they're kind of not. Yeah, yeah. And I don't give a shit about how people treat me with it mm-hmm. um, because I know I, I'm fine. I have my tools. I'll get through it. I'm yeah, good. Yeah. But some people might be a little bit more fragile, and I could see how that could totally yeah affect them in For a sure. in a pretty pretty rough way. Yes. So, um, yeah. After that big event, I went on a frenzy trying to do anything and everything I could because my life was completely fucked yeah. at that point because it had caused so much shit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like I saw 12 different types of therapists yeah. in the first like two weeks. What were some of the different ones you saw? I mean, at first I was reaching out to anyone and anything. I was doing counselors, um, psychotherapists. Just get you in the soonest kind of thing. Yeah. I, I, and I never even, I've, I didn't even know what the difference was between a counselor and a psychotherapist or any other type of random therapist because yeah. there's so many weird names out there. Just show up and find out. Yeah. And, and uh, I went to hypnotherapists. I went to energy readers and, and energy healers and craniosacral, um, uh, breath work. Yeah. Um, hypnotherapy mm-hmm. again. I've, I, and each of these, I went to like, like I thought about it in a very logical manner and I went to like three to five practitioners of each mm-hmm. before I found one that you liked. vibed with me. Yeah. Um, and eventually I did. And basically what started happening is, uh, that this is when I found out, this is when I was diagnosed with dissociative disorder and, complex PTSD because mm-hmm. I, I was just go, I was going down this path trying to find myself a therapist that I want to work with. And everybody is kind of like, wow, like, uh, cause I didn't know what it was. So I'm just like, yeah. Hey, here's what's happening. Yeah. Help. <laughs> what, what the hell's going on? <laughs> yeah. Like, give like, me something. At first I didn't really know. I didn't expect there to be anything. I just kind of, I, cause you thought you just talked through some shit and like, well, all know. these things that I'm bringing up, are hindsight. Like I'm talking about them in hindsight when I tell them, but at the time I was blaming myself Mm -hmm. and there's a difference between taking responsibility and taking blame. Mm -hmm. If you take blame for it, like, I don't know who's, I don't know who's to blame, um, for what's in my head. Like, yeah, I think that's the problem. Like nowadays, everybody's always trying to blame something or someone for everything when it doesn't necessarily help anything. No, no, my, my, con- cause I was sitting there in an amazing amount of self-hatred mm-hmm. pulling in the hatred that everybody else must feel towards me. The hatred that I already feel towards myself, Yeah, my pain, the traumatic experience, um, of going through that, that night Yeah, with just feeling torn apart in my own head, mm-hmm. um, with 
yeah, just with, with everything, the, the pain that I caused people close to me, mm-hmm. uh, the confusion, just like completely, utterly confused, uh, not being able to be in, t- in contact with some of the people that are closest to me in mm-hmm. life. And yeah, like, um, I haven't really told, I mean, I've told some people this story, but I haven't really mentioned this, but I think it's important to mention on the topic of mental illness that one, yeah, like one night I basically got so low, I stood on the edge of my deck. I wanted to kill myself for like Mm -hmm. hours and not even like contemplating suicide, but legitimately just really fucking wanted to. And, and I've never been quite that low before. And to be honest, the only thing that stopped me was, was thinking that, I don't know if mom and Emma would be okay. Mm -hmm. And it's okay for me. My, like, it's okay for me to take my, I mean, it's not really okay for me to take my life, but, um, that was my thinking at the time. Like, it's okay for me to take my life, but not theirs. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that was, that tore me apart in itself. And, and, Mm -hmm. and that's, you know, eventually what stopped me from doing it. That was the, that was the factor. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, yeah, like, like I, yeah, like I figured everybody else in life can get, could get through that if, if I did okay. that, but I don't know. Yeah, exactly. I don't know if, if mom and Emma would be. Yeah. So I, yeah. Well, that's pretty. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, yeah. So it was pretty, pretty fucked up, super low spot, felt super alone, felt really confused because I didn't know what it was. Um, I just knew something was horribly wrong, like in my head. Yeah, and like nobody knew. Like, like if I explained it to someone, no one really understands. Yeah, I think the problem with it is like there's like I can see there's a lot more confusion. I think the confusion would that's just always a really hard part for me is like the confusion aspect. Like I think depression, anxiety, stuff like that. Like it's pretty easy to tell what it is, and like, well, not always, but it it's also like when like there's so much confusion for yours and all this stuff going on and nobody knows why you're not just like, they're not just like, Oh, he just had like an anxiety attack or he's depressed. It's like, there's so much shit from like all these different angles that how do you really handle that? And like being in your own head. And I remember like, I remember when I would be going through some of my like anxiety, panic stuff, panic attack stuff. I'd be in these, I'd be confused as hell too. I'm like, what the fuck's going on? What's what caused this? Why is this happening? And I can only imagine that for you, it was probably like 10 times worse, if not more like the confusion aspect. And that was, that's what hit me the hardest when I would have similar thoughts. Um, It was always because I was so fucking confused and had no idea where to even start or what to do. I was just like, fuck this. So I think um, I can only imagine uh, how much more extreme that would be. Yeah. Yeah. The um, different type of confusion. Like yeah. a, like a deep, a fucking dark confusion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, I scrambled. I mean, to be honest, personally, that's one of the things that I'm pretty proud of myself for is that out of all the shit that I've been through, mm-hmm. if there's one thing that I know how to do naturally, it's heal. Yeah. And, um, I scrambled. I did everything. I had no fucking money either. I had to pull money out of the business account that I shouldn't have used. And I had to, you know, borrow whatever I could. And because it, dude, all those sessions I went to is 200 bucks each. Yeah. They're not cheap. And I think, yeah, I mean, I was going like three a day. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it adds up. Uh, 
Yeah, it's it's insane. But I mean, I think being resilient like that and taking action right away and doing what you have to do is like, that's one of the most important things. Like if you're going to, you can't sit there on that shit for years to come because it's just going to happen maybe worse the next time, you know? Yeah. Like, so that's one of the, the, one of the major principles in life that I've put in place after this is when the universe brings something out, Mm -hmm. it means it's time to heal it. Yeah. There's, I hear people talk about being ready all the time. (laughs) They're like, Oh, look, I'm not ready. I just like, I don't feel ready. Well, I didn't feel ready a year ago when I couldn't sleep, but do I wish that I fucking committed to it now? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And and in a big way, not a little way, not like, let's go see a therapist and just see what comes up. It's like, no, like book three sessions with that therapist and three sessions with four other types of healers, like really commit. Yeah. I think that's something that we've always done. That's sort of been ingrained into us is taking like, I don't know. I just feel like we take take everything to the extreme where it's like, and I don't know, it's just the more you learn and the more you research, the more. I just see a need to actually do that. Like you need to see multiple practitioners and people because like, like you said, some just don't vibe with you or like some don't know what you're going through. Like there's so many times. It could actually be dangerous. Like some of the people I went and saw, I almost wanted to tell them they need some fucking help. (laughs) Like they're, they're talking to me and I'm like, uh, you know, I could totally see somebody who's like, not as like strong minded go in there and actually almost get bullied by some of these counselors. Yeah. I think a lot of people too will just believe anything. Some of those people say, right. They're not really like searching for the truth or what feels right to them. They're just taking anything they can get. And I think that gets scary as well. Right. Or like, you're not, you're not taking any meds or anything for it, but like they probably offered stuff to some of the people. Um, I kind of like, I don't know. I'm a pretty decent judge of character. I kind of whizzed out of most of those offices that I felt like would have done that. Yeah. Um, I just feel like misdiagnosis is like a big problem too, right? Like how many things did you diagnose that as to get you on some weird fucking pill that maybe even made you made it worse or whatever. Yeah. There's two people in particular. One of the, one of the ones was the one you dropped me off to like the next day. Yeah. I remember um, that. it happened on, uh, or yeah, yeah. It was like literally like 30 hours after it happened. And you dropped me off there and yeah, like she was just like jumping to conclusions. I was trying mm-hmm. to tell my story and she's like, oh yeah, I know it's this and this. So like, yeah, you, you got to do that. And I'm just thinking like, no, I know it's not that. Dude, I'm not like, even what? done telling you what's going yeah, on. I was like, I didn't even finish my story. How the fuck do you know? Like, yeah, just making assumptions like too soon. And oh, someone I mean, who's a bad listener shouldn't be a healer of no. any sort. Yeah, it was, I don't know. But yeah, I went, uh, I did that. Um, and all these counselors and these therapists started saying like common themes started saying, Oh, it sounds like dissociative disorder. And then I was like, okay, I got that three, four times. So then I, I started reaching for people who are specialized in it. Um, I found one doctor that specialized in it for 20 years. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I found one that worked in that area Um, and then also like had a very, very wide practice. So she, um, yeah, 
like had a just had a shitload of education. So the girl had like twelve PhDs or something. Not twelve PhDs, but like just acronyms. So like oh. for example, <laughs> you, yeah. you could go <laughs> same thing. Yeah, pretty much. You could go to there's full therapists and clinics that only practice one under one type of mental model. Mm-hmm. So like they're modeling you under one thing and yeah. don't take into consideration anything else. Yeah, yeah. Which is fucking stupid, especially for me, because I consider myself a, a fairly spiritual person. Yeah. So, like, I need, you know... It's I pretty need, limited. Yeah, you want someone with a very open mind and mm-hmm. a variety of tools to pull from to help you. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely look for someone who practices in, like, a wide variety of areas, if, if anybody out there is looking for uh, a psychotherapist. And if you don't know, there is a big difference between a counselor and other types of therapists yeah. and, like, an actual certified psychotherapist. Yeah, I think like, I mean, I don't know. Well, one of the things that I usually do is just automatically look for like the best, most expensive person I can find. And like, I mean, not always the most expensive person is the best, but like chances are you get what you pay for a lot of the time. Yeah. I mean, in this case I did. Yeah. And, and same, yeah, same, like it's not going to get you all the way there, but it usually gets me into the top 30, 20 percentile of people. uh, Definitely. So yeah. Yeah, don't definitely know. don't cheap out on your health and who's playing with your brain. No. <laughs> yeah. Because, I mean, I did the same thing with naturopaths, right? I went to a few and then I was like, fuck this. I don't care. I'm going to go to the one that costs the most money because I know they're going to be, well, I'm assuming they're going to be the best. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But it ended up being really well and, like, became really close with him, his family and other people. So, like, I don't know. It's always, it, that model's pretty much always worked out. Yeah. And I mean, obviously not everybody has that luxury, but I would just, one thing I want to say is if you have to borrow the money yeah, and and again, don't put it off. If you put it off, it's going to blow up in your fucking face or worse yet. This is, this is way worse in my opinion. It will continue just meet like, like at a mediocre level Mm -hmm. for the rest of your life. And then you'll never, you'll always be a little bit scared of it and you'll never know what it feels like to live without it. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's, I think that's really scary. And I think a lot of people in society live like that. Oh, a hundred percent. And I, and I think that too, it's just pri- priorities, right? Like people, like it's just all the consumer shit where people like have their paycheck and that's how much money they get. And it's like, okay, I spend 200 bucks right now and like try and fix my head or I like buy a new video game or go for dinner or like go get some drinks with my buddies. Like that's always for most people is more important, but I think, yeah, like literally do whatever you have to do to get your health and everything figured out. Even if, man, like how, how I was like 30 grand in debt when I did it. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I, I did, I took everything that I had to do. I just finally hit that point where I was like, this is so fucked. I don't care how much money I have to spend. Max out my student credit line, max out my credit card, paid for a bunch of the shit out of the business. And then still had family help me out after that. Yeah. And like, but, and it took me a year, like, you know, it just takes a long time. And I think too, the further that you put it off, the longer it takes to heal it Mm -hmm. in certain things. It's just like, if you think about like what you're putting your body through for, you know, like for me, it was what, 24 years of destroying my body took me like a solid four or five to like get a pretty good turnaround. But ratio wise, that's not that bad. Mm-hmm. You think about it, but if you put it off and you live like shit for 50 years, well, then it might take you till you're 65 to really like get through everything and get your body back in proper health. You know, it takes a long time and a lot of work. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I was, uh, 
I maxed out a couple of credit cards, but I think for me it was, I think I kind of was lucky um, with my story at least because I had done some healing before and it's always been an interest of ours. Yeah. You had um, a lot of prereqs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So like going into it, I kind of, it, it yeah, based- that's true. You already had that whole kind of like year and we're pretty into those things. Yeah. And I, I think just like a lot of reading self-awareness, like consciousness, even mm-hmm. um, like for me, I didn't feel like my, like we talked about confusion earlier. I didn't feel confused and like, I don't know what to do Okay, a little bit maybe, but yeah. I, the, it was more of a dark confusion. as like, what the fuck is in my head? Yeah. Uh, kind of thing. And who am I even mm-hmm. because of what had happened? It like broke really hardcore philosophies and morals that I had set out for myself. Yeah. And, uh, kind of just felt completely ripped. Mm-hmm. like just to shreds and I, I had to build myself back up. Yeah. Luckily I've done that before. So yeah, yeah. I, it was, you know, it was not as, not as hard. Um, not to say it wasn't hard, but, yeah. uh, yeah. So I, what I, what I, my approach when going into seeing healers of any type was not, I wasn't going in like, Hey, fix me. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going in like, help me understand myself. Yeah. So, because they can't heal you. No. Nobody can fucking heal you. Yeah. You have to heal yourself. hundred percent. So you have to, you have to bring yourself to a good level of Mm self-awareness and and then you have to learn to understand yourself. The the other thing that I think is super important that I did back in the day as a prerequisite, and I think this is things that everybody should do, understand the physical brain, Mm -hmm. like really study it with interest. Yeah. And then from there, study psychology, mm-hmm. because if if you don't do if you don't understand your brain and how the chemicals are moving and the emotions and things are are working in your brain, then how can you ever possibly understand yourself? Yeah. Let alone heal something. I mean, obviously it's possible, but I just think that that's that helped me. That made it way faster. Yeah, yeah. Well, and like you said, like you have to do it yourself, right? Like these people, you can go see them all, but all they're going to do is give you the tools. I mean, they give you some um, guidance and pretty much guidance and tools and understanding, but you have to go home and do all the work with these things. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where people fall off, right? Everyone's under this impression that like you take a pill or it's really simple to heal, for, mm-hmm. but it's not. If you really want to get over these things, it's so much work that like, you know, everyone's in these lazy states and like, I don't know, it's just like the comfort of today's society is like no one... is put wants to put that work in yeah that's where it gets hard it's like it's like anything else in life like i don't know you want to be a fucking professional athlete or hockey player or something or you want to be an entrepreneur or something you commit to it you work on that every day yeah exactly well you want to be healthy you have to work on being (laughs) healthy you can't just it's the same thing there's no fucking pill if you're taking a pill you're fucked (laughs) (laughs) i shouldn't say that because they actually can't help people and whatnot so you don't mean to offend anyone but yeah i think it can be really good to like quickly stabilize or like you know there's lots of stuff that like you know when strokes or heart or like you know not um, a long-term solution though no cardiovascular stuff like that that happens you rush to the hospital they blast you full of this shit clears you out you get sorted but then you can take a real approach from there right like it, it, it can i think it can um help call i think you can help like stall i guess stall death or whatever right mm-hmm. if you're in that 
that state. But then beyond that, like you can't just keep taking that shit forever. Yeah. And say, same with, same with mental illnesses. Like, mm-hmm. like if they, like, um, uh, yeah, I know a lot of people who have gone on antidepressants or like anxiety meds just to get stabilized. Like you do it for a couple months, you get till you're feeling pretty good, but at the same time you have a plan and you know what you're doing and taking like they, those can allow you to get your healing routines and things in place and be able to do those and then weaned out and go the other way. Yeah. I think as long as you have that plan, yeah. I think that's the, the gist there. Yeah. So, but yeah, I ended up, um, figuring out what it was. Um, and then I went and got, and again, like I got diagnosed first by, um, uh, Janine actually, who is the, um, she's actually, I don't know. I call her my spiritual therapist, but that's probably a bad name. Um, (laughs) she's a psychotherapist. She's the one with like eight acronyms before her name. She's Mm -hmm. very wide practice. She just happens to have like an energetic kind of like spiritual, um, side that she like an intuitive side almost that she incorporates into our sessions, mm-hmm. um, which is a big part of this. And then I'll, we'll talk about that too. And then, uh, I, I didn't stop there because I was like, you know, I'm not just going to get one diagnosis. So yeah. then I went to the guy who had like 20 years or I think it was 18 years of experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and he specialized in it in New York for 18 years and just saw like, lo- this is all he focused on just loads of fucked up dissociative <laughs> disorder cases. Um, and a lot of people have super severe multiple personality. Yeah. Uh, and then he came to the same conclusion. So I was like, okay, I'm fucked. Um, <laughs> but I, uh, he said too. <laughs> He's like, I can't help you. You're too fucked. (laughs) Well, the good thing about going to so many people is you get little tidbits of information from each person, Mm -hmm. like very different ones. And a couple of cool ones that I got from him. um, He said that it's likely that, that like, yeah, it happened again Mm -hmm. last year when I woke up freaking out trying to find mom. But the hypnotherapy after that, he said that probably made it a lot worse. Mm-hmm. He's like the fact that it had some kind of effect on you to, you weren't sleeping and this fear, this subconscious fear that's been buried for so long or deep in your memory somewhere is coming up and you don't really know where it's coming from. Yeah. He's like, it's very, it's a very fragile thing. Like it could totally have like brought it back. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Could bring it up. And then I just didn't even know because how the fuck are you supposed to know that? Yeah. It'll just resurface it. Yeah. So that's why this, probably why this, um, most recent episode was so extreme, extreme. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, so yeah, I went to them. Um, and then, um, another important session was hypnotherapy. Mm -hmm. So this was a different lady though. Yeah. New new lady. lady. So I went to the first one and then I went to three or four more. Okay. Uh, like in the recent, like, within two weeks of this latest episode happening. Um, yeah, I mean, pretty hard to find. Yeah. Uh, even more so I would say than like a psychotherapist because it's kind of like you're trusting them in a weird, in a weird state. Yeah. I think I kind of feel weird about going to one. I was even going to, cause I was going to, and I was going to ask, like, I feel like I would be a little bit nervous to know. Cause when I asked you about it, you said that you're not like, you're still, you're, you're, you're still fairly aware. Like, yeah. You're like, you still kind of, yeah. And to me that seemed weird. I'm like, I don't know. I, I just fear being there and like looking at her and like knowing I can't move and I'm just saying shit that I don't, 
I don't even know. I was just like, this seems like yeah, I don't kind know of if, freaks me out. I don't know if this is what you're getting at, but this is what as soon as it as soon as it was over, mm-hmm. I'll tell you what came up. Obviously, I mean, you already know, but um, as soon as this was it was over, I kind of sat there and I the first thing I said to her, I was like, "What if it's all bullshit?" I was like, what if everything that just came out of my fucking mouth was just like, I don't know, just like randomly just didn't even happen or just yeah. like somehow my brain just brought that out of my head. Yeah. Um, but first I'll, I'll say what it is. So I go in, have had gone to a couple hypnotherapists already, already felt way better being just being around this individual. She was made way more centered, way more grounded, older like seemed a lot wiser and, and just, yeah, just okay. very good listener. Yeah. Um, so listen to it. Very, very gentle. They also have to kind of have a soothing voice because they're leading you through it with their voice. Oh, okay. So they talk to you while they do it. Yeah. So then she, she leads you in. Well, if, I guess they have to. <laughs> <laughs> just hold the sign, like yeah. say something. <laughs> like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Shooting sign language at you. Yeah. Um, so I lay down. And it's like a meditative state. So you go into mm-hmm. this into this kind of meditation and uh, then she counts you down and, and they, yeah, they, I mean, there's pretty common exercises to like get you into it. Okay. And then we used, I think it's called regression or I don't know what it's, but basically what you do is you take a memory mm-hmm. and then they ask you to like step through that memory mm-hmm. in this like vivid dream state. They ask you to step through that memory to the point that it very first happened, that you very first felt that, like felt the same thing. Yeah. So um, particularly she asked like the last time I went to the, the first, the other hypnotherapist last year, she kind of, we did the same thing. Yeah. But I didn't think about the same memory. It was something else. I, I thought about one of the other episodes that happened, but this time I was like, okay, hey, I'm fucking going all in because shit's fucked in my life. <laughs> yeah. I'm rock bottom right now. Yeah. So I'm diving head first into this. So I picked the strongest one, which was that first episode that mm-hmm. happened and where there was like that immense fear. And I thought someone was like hunting me or something. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so I took that and then she asks you to step back through it to the first time that it happened. And then she asks you questions. The other big thing is if they don't ask the right questions, it's almost like feeling like they have to kind of like feel out what the right questions are going to be. Yeah. Because if, if you ask the wrong question, then like my subconscious just doesn't respond. So it's quite intuitive as well. It is. It's a very intuitive practice. Um, yeah, like I saw, I vied with her and she was really intuitive mm-hmm. and to the point that she brought up a couple, like some things she was saying, I'm like, holy fuck. Like she's like reading me right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah. So she walked back through that and we walked through the whole memory and it, she asks like, where are you? Are you inside? Are you outside? And those cues are nice. Mm-hmm. Um, so just then, little easy questions. Yeah, really small, little bit by little bit. Um, and I say, you know, I'm inside. Um, she's, where are you? It's like I'm in. I'm in a room. She says, is there like like how how like how old are you? And then she, and then I say seven. Mm-hmm. And then she, and then um, she says, is there anyone else with you? And then I was like, uh. And then she she said, um, is there anyone else in the room? Or in the house? She, I was like, yeah, like in the house. Like where? Like, can you leave the room? I was like, no. Nah. 
She's like, is it like, what's going on? And she's like, is there, is, is there a door closed? I was like, yeah, the door is closed. Mm-hmm. It's like, where's the other person? I said on the other side of the door. Yeah. Um, and then she's, yeah. And then all this stuff. And then anyways, I ended up like, I don't know. Should I walk through the whole story? Do you want to hear it? Sure. Okay. <laughs> so, um, yeah. And then, uh, I have the transcript of this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so then like I, you know, put it together after and so I kept it cause I keep like a folder almost of like healing shit. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Anyways, like there's this guy outside the door and it's not locked, but it's like, he's holding the doorknob almost. So mm-hmm. it's like, I can leave, but only at his will. Yeah. And like, I was changing into something like mm-hmm. I was putting something on. Uh, and then we're going up the stairs and he was like, we were kind of like playing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, so we were kind of like playing, walking up the stairs in like a playful way mm-hmm. type thing. Um, and then we get upstairs and then she was trying to ask me, like, you know, she asked me who it is. She asked me to turn around and try to look at his face to see mm-hmm. who it was. Um, she asked me like, is, is there anyone else in the house? No. Uh, she asked me, where's where's your, where's your mom? Mm-hmm. Um, and I answered that and then I knew, and then she, uh, you know, and then ended up, we go into the bedroom and there was like, she, she asked, okay, like what's happening now? And I said, like, I'm on the floor mm-hmm. and she's like, where's the guy? And I said, he's like three feet in front of me. Mm-hmm. She says, what are you feeling? And I said, him. She said, how so? I said, I'm like, what are you feeling off of him? How's he feeling? I was like, I feel like I feel his darkness. Mm -hmm. I feel his confusion. Mm -hmm. Like his emotion, like emotionally, mentally confused almost. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, and then, and then she said, you know what? Like, like I knew something bad was going to happen next. Yeah. Um, And then she would kind of fast forward in time. uh, And then the next thing we know, it's like, on the bed, but at this point I can't, it's like getting too fearful that it won't let it, it's like holding on and it won't let me pull that memory out. Yeah. And then she finally got through to me to like move up mm-hmm. to the top of the room yeah, yeah, to overview what was happening. Um, and then she sensed that, you know, we got a little deeper than that, yeah, but then, yeah. uh, she sensed that it was just getting a little bit too, uh, deep. Yeah, yeah. So, so then, so then she, she kind of turned into a kind of like a healing practice and she brought, she said, okay, like you're your older self now. Um, go, you're going to step back and you're going to go to that little boy, like mm-hmm. your past self is yeah. what she's saying. Like, you're going to go to that little boy. You're going to make sure that you know that you're there for him mm-hmm. and you like, go there now, like touch yeah, him, yeah. hold him, yeah. do whatever. Uh, and then we did, we did that for a while. See, saw how he was feeling, how I was feeling now. Yeah. Um, picked him up. She said, where's the guy now sitting out watching TV or something? Yeah. Yeah. And then she, she said, pick up your younger self and you take him and you walk out and you stand right in front of that TV Mm -hmm. and you look at him in the eye and then, yeah, basically confronted it as well in the same, in the same time. Um, which is weird. A lot of, a lot of, a lot of feelings came out there. Like I was like full on 
shaking on the table crying. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was a super powerful experience. Oh, yeah. No, very, very. And even like when I was really little, I used to always have this like image or not even an image, just like... um like I've always, it's almost like I always looked up to myself mm-hmm. in, a, in a weird way, like this image that, or this energy of like myself, like I'm there for me, mm-hmm. but it wasn't me, me at that time. And then yeah. after she, after we went through this experience, it's almost like I had felt that before. Yeah. It's like at that age, I had felt my future self come back and fucking save me mm-hmm. during that time, which is kind of, it's a very spiritual thing for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I felt that very strongly and Yeah. And then after I got out of that session, uh, when I asked her, I said, is this all bullshit? Like, how do I know it's real? I mean, for one, at this point, the only thing they're really making, telling me that's real is the, is the emotions Mm -hmm. and the things that are coming up for me. The fact that I'm sitting there like freaking out crying. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I, yeah, when I said that and she just looked at me and she said, you'll never know the exact details, Mm -hmm. but what we do know is that there was abuse mm-hmm. and something happened and that that man was wrong. Yeah. And that's all, yeah, that's all she said. And then, um, still a lot to know. Yeah. Yeah. And then I went out and mom was texting me cause she was, you know, wanting to make sure I was alive and shit. Yeah. So I text her and I, I asked her, um, how old, how, like a bunch of questions about mm-hmm. how old was I when we were doing, when you were with this guy. Yeah. Um, and then she confirmed the age, she confirmed where she was. Um, Mm -hmm. and then, um, she confirmed that he was like, I don't want to say if he was like a known pervert essentially. Well, I feel like she's brought that up to me too. Like it's been a, it's been a subject before about him. Yeah. Um, like, I don't remember if she asked. She told me that I guess he had been molested or raped when he was younger. Younger. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. And, like, I feel like like I have no memory going back that far. Right? Like, I can't even, I couldn't even, the guy could walk past me tomorrow. I wouldn't even know who he was. Mm-hmm. Um, I would. Yeah, I just feel like. I was, I stayed with mom. Like, important to know, like, you know, anybody thinking about our stories, I stayed with mom, like, obviously a lot more yeah. back then. And I remember, I remember him. Like, mm-hmm. I was, um, but again, here's the thing is like, I don't want to, like, for one, there's no blame on him. Yeah. If I saw the guy right now, I'd give him a fucking hug. Yeah. Because, and this is important to note for anybody viewing any kind of situation is that if somebody is doing something bad or is, yeah, like viewed bad or or something like that, or like they're suffering too. Mm-hmm. Like he, in order for him to do that, he was suffering. Like I said in that story, like I could feel that dark energy and that confusion off of him. Yeah. He was suffering. Yeah, like he's not okay. He's not okay. Like it's, it's, and that's, if you sit there and blame and point fingers at people, all it does is make it worse. Oh, 100%. Like you have to let go of blame completely. And that's what I was talking about earlier is like, so now that these things are happening and I feel and there's other kind of personality energies like taking over my body during these episodes. And that's what, like, that's part of the confusion. Mm-hmm. Am I to blame? Is, is that man to blame from yeah. when I was younger is, you know, is, is the other 
this this dissociative disorder to blame? Is any of the other traumas in my life to blame? Like, is the circumstances of that individual event to blame? Like, no. The fact is, is that if you stay in a state of blame, blame in itself is a negative state. Yeah. So you're just putting yourself in a negative spot, Mm -hmm. whether it's me blaming myself or someone else blaming me. Yeah. There's, there should be no blame. And I, I, I eventually came to that through contemplation and mm-hmm. just separated blame from, from responsibility. I take responsibility for what happened in my actions and who I am, mm-hmm. but the blame needs to be put aside. Yeah. Well, I think it ties too into like the open and closed minded thing as well, because, you know, when people view those sorts of things or people who do things like that, they're, they're too close-minded to do anything but blame. Yeah, and, and often it's subconscious. It's like they don't even really yeah. know what they're doing because they're just not at that level of self-awareness yet. Yeah, I think it just all is such a big, I don't know, everything's just so one, you know, awareness, consciousness, the blame, all that stuff. It's just like the more that you become open and with all of those things, everything just gets better. Yeah. Really. Yeah, but, I, I got a lot of the... I'm not judging, but I'm judging type shit mm-hmm. where it's like, they'll straight up say to you that they're not judging, but like, yeah, just by their actions. And, they that, are. and, and that's about, <laughs> that's about the event that, that you had. You mean like what you've done most recently about yeah. people? Yeah. 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 But yeah, so that's what I found out um, through hypnotherapy. Mm-hmm. And so hypnotherapy was, was one of the um, really strong things that you've done yeah. so far. Yeah, I can't. I mean, yeah. It doesn't mean the other people can't, aren't good too, I guess. I'm just like, I feel like it was a great thing to go do. Yeah. Because I kind of like knew something was up. So I was like, I'm going to go check my memory box there. (laughs) (laughs) um, Yeah. Like, like I don't know if it would be useful for someone to go to on a monthly basis is what I'm trying to say, I guess. Like, I don't know, like it's in my, it's in my back pocket of healers now, but it's Mm -hmm. just not one of the ones that I bring out all the time. I would say. Yeah. That's another thing is, I mean, I wonder how many, like how many are monthly. I mean, like I think it just depends. I think psychotherapy is great monthly. Yeah. I guess. For anyone. Yeah. True. Yeah. Like the stigma around that in itself needs to be also be put aside in Mm -hmm. my opinion. Like I, I feel like a lot of people need a therapist or mm-hmm. something, but they just don't think they, they just need someone to talk to, Yeah, but they don't go do it. So either the talking never gets done or a lot of times it'll just come out in other ways. Things that need to come out will just come out in ways like maybe putting that on your partner or putting that on your friends or things like that. Yeah, And almost every time I go when I'm thinking in my head, like I'm pretty good. I don't really need to go. Yeah, But then all sorts of shit comes up. In yeah. good ways, like in very positive ways for yeah. things to work on and shit. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, uh, well, a lot of the people that I've seen too say like, normally I go to people when I'm in like a shithole state. I'm like, I'm fucked. Life sucks. This is garbage. I need to go see somebody. And like, that's normally what I do with energy healing and like pretty much anything. And every time I go though, those people will say like, you've got to come back when you're feeling good. Don't just do it when you're bad. Right. And I, I find that like I get into this like super crazy health thing. I feel really good. And then boom, I fall off the train for a couple months, feel like shit, go blast through things again. And, uh, yeah, I've, well, actually last time to be fair, I thought I was feeling really good 
too. Well, kind of like you just said, I thought I was feeling good and I went and had a reading done and it was like, I wasn't feeling good. <laughs> so like, it, it was still really good though, because I actually thought I was in this like really good place. I thought I had everything figured out and like, I didn't mm-hmm. at all. This other stuff come up and like, I think that's the other thing is like, are you ever good? Well, I, I just I think, think it's co- like you're constantly working on yourself and like as you take the next levels above to like the next step of awareness or consciousness or any of these things, there's just constantly more to work on. Yeah, I think there's definitely always more to work on. I think the question as to whether you're good or not obviously depends on your definition of good. Yeah. But I think also is really big on your awareness. Mm-hmm. So for example, a lot of the things that are coming out of this, I'll explain like the energetic side of it mm-hmm. um, in a second because out of all the healers I went to, the most applicable, believe it or not, uh, tangible, I would say, was the energy readings. Mm-hmm. And that's weird to say, to use the word tangible mm-hmm. with energy readings for what some do, people listening, maybe. Dude, what is ta- <laughs> Can you explain tangible? <laughs> like, how do you explain tangible? Like, like uh, something tangible means something solid. Like oh. that you can like grab onto or like for me, like in this, this instance, like tangible information, yeah, yeah, like yeah. reliable, mm-hmm. ta- like solid information, um, something, something that I could actually like everything else, like a psychotherapist is kind of like, oh yeah, this is what you have. And that's kind of the, the gist of it. Mm-hmm. They helped me explore it. And we went through like from being born even before that, like generational, I went to some specialists in generation, multi-generational traumas, mm-hmm. um, right up through my whole childhood, teenage, right up to where we are now. So we explored it and that helped me understand things. Mm-hmm. So understand what dissociative disorder is, what the multi, what the other personality is and how it was formed and why. Yeah. Um, but they can't give me any, like markers on my healing process mm-hmm. because like, what are they going to do? Give me a bunch of fucking tests and be like, Oh, you're sane now. Yeah, exactly. Um, like it doesn't, you know, it, it wasn't tangible. Whereas the energy stuff, they can feel what's going on like right now. Mm-hmm. So I can base that as markers for my healing. So I went in and it was pretty fucked up and then I go and next time it's a little better. And then, yeah. Yeah. You know, um, you can so. kind of like monitor it yourself a little bit. Yeah. So that's what I was getting at is that with awareness, like mm-hmm. if you get that, um, for example, okay, this is getting into some other stuff, but we'll go down the energy path since we're there. Since this happened, this blowout recently with this latest episode, it's, I've been able to feel more mm-hmm. like in a energetic sense. Yeah. Like, like very sensitive Um, and I don't know, I think it's a combination of like this massive event, Mm -hmm. um, a little bit of like deeper self-understanding and also my daily practices has changed a lot. Yeah. Uh, you know, I meditate now like anywhere from half hour to two hours a day, Mm -hmm. uh, yoga every day. Um, you know, doing like, like during the week I still go to other yoga classes and meditation classes. Um, you know, I'm doing a, um, and you might do this with me is, is the spiritual oh, uh, yeah, kind of yeah. energy workshop. Um, and I, and I might even go do craniosacral, which is actually a certified course, like an RMT now, and you can yeah. practice in a clinic. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's starting to like the energy stuff is really starting to enter the enter society in a way that mm-hmm. is more 
believable. Yeah. And like even people who I know who don't really believe in it, go to it and like feel differences. They can't explain it, but they feel it. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Well, I just feel like you can't not believe it once you do it because once, because in the cranial, it's also like an energy, um, readings in some way, but they also explain to you, like she pulls stuff out and explains to you things too, right? Like about your life. No, not really. No, oh, she doesn't. Um, so maybe maybe it, a little bit. Like she might explain some gen- generic stuff and she can explain what she feels, but it's not as much information as Caroline. Uh, okay. Caroline's our energy reader for people listening. Um, but s- similar, I guess. Yeah. Like she can, f- like if you go sit down in front of her, she can feel your frustration. Mm-hmm. She can feel your, like whatever vibes um, are coming off you. But you'd get it, like you'd get enough out of that to believe you think. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I know Caroline's is really in depth and it's like the first time I went there, I was so skeptical. I was like, it was, it was my natural past mom and he referred me to her and I was just like, man, this guy's just trying to get his mom some money. And I'm like <laughs> literally so skeptical, That's man. so funny thinking of Caroline now. I know. I'm <laughs> sitting there and I'm just like, man, you just, he's like, yeah, you should go see my mom. I'm like, figures. Like, okay, I'll go see your mom. And like, I paid for it beforehand and, and it was downtown. I remember this, like one of my worst days ever. I was like, no, I'm not going, not going to make it downtown. This is just dumb shit, blah, blah, blah. And like, somehow I don't even remember how, but I made it there that day. And like, I remember her doing a reading and I had no idea what this was even about. He didn't even really explain it. He said, you should just see her. And I went and yeah, like you, you lay there on the table. She says, I'm not gonna, um, tell you anything you don't know. And does her ordeal. You lay down. She just touches your shoulder, feet or knees and writes down things on paper and also does a diagram of like your energy. And after like, she had this huge notepad of like all this stuff and started talking about it. And I also thought that maybe, cause I've been seeing my naturopath for so long. I'm like, he's just going to send her my file. So she's going to know all this stuff about me. And I'm like, okay, like sweet. And then, but she just brought up so much stuff that like either I had never even talked to anybody about or stuff that was just, it was like, I was crying. I'm sitting there. I'm like, man, this is out of control. And like, after that, like you just can't not believe like with somebody, like how does somebody bring up something that you've never even said to anybody or like feelings that you couldn't even explain in yourself. But like now but you, you know. feel them. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's it's like the same thing when I come out and have an impression after an episode. Mm-hmm. It's like I knew them, but then it takes a while to like explain them kind of. Yeah, and yeah. she gives you that explanation. Okay, yeah, yeah. Almost. Um, but yeah, no, that's it is like for someone who hasn't experienced it, if you find a good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true. That's the other you thing. will. There's no choice no. to believe it or not. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> really not. You'll go in there and you'll be like, what the fuck? Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. And I've, I've actually asked Caroline because like I've, you know, the people have asked and when I tell, tell about my experiences with her, you know, there's certain people who would like to see, but she's far away. And I've asked her, like, is there anybody else that I can refer people to um, locally that actually practice regularly? And she's like, you won't really, everyone's so different. It's hard to find, right? She said, nobody practices the same way that I do, but you might be able to find some people close, but had nobody to refer. Yeah, she, well, I mean, this um, spiritual course, this energy course that you and I might do, Mm -hmm. uh, that 
yeah, that's someone who she'd worked with in the past, but she's starting to introduce me to terms of the different types of, yeah, there's so um, many different things. Like a lot of it's based on perception. Mm-hmm. I feel like everyone perceives, like I've been to readers who perceive things like they're pull, they're like feeling your energy and they feel like it's slippery or like it's tech, like textures almost, yeah, yeah. um, like, like fine, um, or, or like, yeah, they describe it in textures. Whereas like, yeah, Caroline's is very just like a knowing, like she just like put, she just like, um, yeah. and she actually described it to me and it's, it's the same way that I accept energy. So mm-hmm. back to all this, like basically weird things started happening like after this blowout, not weird things. Cause I've always been into the intuitive side of life and whatnot, but, um, yeah, like I, I think maybe, I think it was a mix of everything, like being so vulnerable mm-hmm. after all that happened, the self-knowledge that I gained mm-hmm. and the daily practices that I, that I'm doing that kind of just started opening things up a lot more mm-hmm. in like the intuition and, and energetic realm. And yeah, like I, I was able to drop really deeply into meditations mm-hmm. um, uh, during a cranio session in one of them, I dropped so deep that I found this sense of peace almost yeah like complete relaxation and calmness that lasted like untouched by anything else that any dramatic shit or shit that would normally piss me off or whatever yeah, yeah. completely untouched by all that stuff lasted for like 30 hours straight yeah like like uh what was explained in in um the surrender experiment. the surrender experiment i mean obviously his lasted longer but yeah uh yeah so that that was pretty that was pretty cool like intuitive experiences mm-hmm. where um you know the easiest example is like i walked into the forest with Ryder, my dog and oh yeah and he usually like he's aggressive if there's a dog i mean he's not but like if, if <laughs> he's the, a killer <laughs> oh if only everyone knew but yeah um so only when a dog's walking towards me Ryder mm-hmm. like gets defensive so I'm always on the lookout for other dogs. So we walk yeah. into this park and, you know, there's like, I don't know, 300 meters of forest. Mm-hmm. And then there's like a big field. So you can't see all of it no, by no. any means. Like you, there's no way you can see through the whole thing. So I'm at one far edge and I'm, I'm scanning, looking for people or dogs to, because I always do. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of just like felt like I just closed my eyes, took a breath and immediately looked up looked up to my left in a very distinct direction and just like had this like knowing it was just like the impression. It's almost like something's just been like draped over and it's just soaked in. And if you think about it logically, it'll disappear. Yeah. It's, it has to just be felt. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I immediately knew that about, you know, roughly this far away, there's people there with a dog. And then I made my way through the forest and eventually got to the edge of the field. And I look across in the exact spot that my intuition told, told me there was people there with a the dog. Mm-hmm. And I've been able to use that for all sorts of other things. Yeah. yeah. And, and all, yeah, just like so many weird things. Like I've been dropping into meditations and just like having visions, like things yeah. that I've, I've never really done before. And it's all just like, I don't know. Some people might relate to this where you walk into a room and you immediately kind of know the vibes you're getting off people. Yeah. Like if someone's a threat, if someone's, uh, you know, doesn't like you or if, if, if someone's going to be good and friendly and you just vibe with them and you like them. Um, yeah. yeah, Like now it's like heightened. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, 
I'm still like at the lower state where like I go into a room and I can feel those things, but I don't, I maybe don't always know who it's coming from. I'm kind of like looking around, like who's the asshole? <laughs> maybe like not exactly, it's but you. <laughs> yeah, fuck. it's just me. I'm blaming. <laughs> I'm, I'm feeling myself. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. No, but like, I, I, yeah, I get that. And I can usually, I can usually tell and like feel it out, but, um, yeah, it, I just, it's one of those things that obviously just takes practice and time or in your case, who knows, maybe even you had like, maybe a lot of energy was freed up when you went through that, um, hypno thing, right? Cause you've started that, feeling it a lot after that true. Maybe like there was a big buildup of like that you were holding that for so long that boom, now you're just like moving. Yeah. So I don't know. There's just, there's so many different things you never really know for sure. But yeah, I mean, the way I see it is, is also kind of the integration process, I think brings some of that because the other personality and like, that's like some of the movies are, are a bit, um, like exaggerated, but that, uh, like about multiple personality stuff, because like there's, there's some oh, movies about it out there, um, where, like if someone has multiple they're not documentaries they're like uh there might be some i don't know but there's like talking? normal movies too well like that one about the killer guy yeah and he has like his eye like it can change your eye color like it can full on like change it physical change, aspects yeah, yeah, of yeah. your body mm-hmm. like the, that's how powerful the multiple personality thing is yeah. and the and the belief I wouldn't even call it a belief. Like, it's not a belief. Like, it's not like I'm sitting here believing that I'm also another person. Yeah, like, I, yeah. It's not, it's just, it really is just like what it sounds like. Yeah, yeah. Um, But yeah, like it, Um, and Janine, like my psychotherapist, she says like the porous thing, mm-hmm. like it makes you almost like porous. Yeah. And then it almost like it gives you more access to that realm of being able to do things like, I've never ran 20 miles or 25 miles in my fucking life. Yeah, yeah. I can't, like, I, could, I couldn't I could do that at that time. And I did it in bare feet yeah. in the rain over <laughs> rocks and shit. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's, I don't know, like, other things, um, like the fights. I guess, I guess, like, yeah, there was a lot, a lot of fights. Mm-hmm. And some of them were with up to, like, seven guys. Yeah. If seven dudes walked through that door right now, I don't know if two of us could I, do anything. About no, it. I'd be out of here, dude. <laughs> <laughs> You'd get your ass kicked. I'd be out the window. <laughs> but but in the, in that state, that it would walk in. Sometimes even I would feel pulled. Like I would like the, the whole video game thing would happen where I'd be like thrown into the back. Yeah. And I'd be scared shitless. Like when Mitchell Lore um got sucker punched yeah, with brass yeah. knuckles and it like shattered his jaw like dude that was two inches higher it could have killed him oh 100 like, could have done serious brain damage and i was scared yeah like i wasn't i wasn't not scared mm-hmm. um but it wasn't yeah like, and it there was like that switch and some people who have been there at the time of it happening have seen it and even described it themselves as a switch and mm-hmm. um, it's like it's like okay time to go boom throws me in the back and that day, I even remember, it's like someone pulled my shirt. Like, mm-hmm. I remember my head going back and just, like, threw my body in the middle of this ring. Yeah. And there must have been, like, 20 dudes or mm-hmm. more surrounding us. Um, and then Mitch Lore and this other guy fighting in the middle. And, like, five of us versus, yeah, yeah. like, their whole group. Mm-hmm. And I just, like, my body just 
pulled me in and it just did its thing. It's like, I was numb. Like I couldn't feel anything. Couldn't feel pain. Couldn't. Yeah. And it was just confidently just ding, 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 ding. Everybody who would come near. It's like you turn into a subconscious Jackie Chan or something. Hey. <laughs> 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 Oh, another one is like hockey, dude. You saw like, so it yeah. did happen a lot when I was sober too. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely not. I think as, it's just that fear factor. Maybe as soon as the fear hits strong enough, it's like, boom, you so got to get out. The three triggers, the main trigger is stress. Okay. The main trigger is actually stress. Well, I mean, I feel like fear is pretty stressful. <laughs> Dude, when I get scared, I'm so stressed. I'm like, fuck. No, I, I know that too. But yeah, the, I know. The second, the second one is actually, this is what you're getting at, is is physical confrontation. Okay. It's the feeling of a threat. Yeah, yeah. Um, it could even trigger it in other feelings of threats, like like even emotional or mm-hmm, social threat mm-hmm. or something too. Yeah. Um, and then the third one, which is kind of a trigger, but more of an associate, like I said, how it like makes like alcohol makes me more yeah, porous yeah. and makes those triggers more willing to like trigger mm-hmm. something. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, like stress, um, stress could be anything like this last episode that happened recently. Like that was the most stressful week of my life. I thought we were going to have to shut down the business. I was mm-hmm. freaking out. I had been working 14 to 16 hour days for like two months straight. Like I was... And I hadn't been in nature and God knows how long I was yeah. like, eating like shit, like all that stuff, just like all this stress on myself. And then that was one of the major yeah. um, contributors to that as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah. And, and like hockey too, man. Like I remember, and, and like, I think this one was, was on video actually. Um, I remember I would be so stressed out before a game, like mm-hmm. anxious and stressed because everybody would expect me to fight. Yeah. So I got caught up in this ring in high school where it was like this loop where it's like the more you fight, the more you fight. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's like this people want to see it. It's mm-hmm. entertainment. So mm-hmm. they egg it on. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's like a power, power fight for, for power, like yeah, for, yeah. from other people, from other schools or hockey teams, like rivalries and all this shit. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I was playing the game, like I was in it and, mm-hmm. it, and to some degree, sometimes, the the other personality like enjoys it mm-hmm. like likes it to some yeah. degree maybe my personality does a little bit too mm-hmm. um but yeah like to, toward the end there it gets so stressful that it would build up and build up and i'd just be an ang- like an anxious case before i even got yeah. onto the ice and as soon as someone's glove like hit my cage boom switch blackout I would just like this one. I remember I had like a referee on my back and I'm skating down the ice and just beat the shit out of a few guys. And then one of their guys would skate by and try to mouth me off and I'd reach and just grab him by the cage and pull him in too. And yeah, they'd just yeah. be like, oh, and then I'd, I'd be screaming like hysterically, yeah. like at the top of my lungs. And then I'd see it later in a video. I'd be like, holy fuck. I didn't know I was screaming. <laughs> just <laughs> yelling the whole time. Yeah. Like, like wailing, like, like, yeah. Yeah. Like a not normal. <laughs> <laughs> See, I get the opposite where like, I would, I would get the same feeling going into the, the rink and like all that kind of shit. Cause like we were just brutal in hockey, like always, I mean, not necessarily always fighting for me, but slashing people and punching, <laughs> you know, like I was like the cheap shot guy. Yeah. And, uh, but, but even always like when we're doing things or when I get into a confrontation like that instantly, like I just snap into like, I don't even know all of a sudden I'm like 
I don't go into it. I go the other way, like as fast as I can. Yeah. And it's like where you got dive in, you know what happens? It's like, I turn around and I'm all of a sudden, I'm like five kilometers back there and I don't even know how I got there so fast. I'm just like, where is oh, everybody? I've been in those situations. We'll be standing. I remember doing something stupid when we were younger. We were like in our teenage years and we were all standing on a road. Maybe it was a party or something. There's like four or five of us friends and like some of your friends and something happened. And like, it was briefly scary, yeah, but yeah. like we all waited it out just to see if like, I don't know if cops are going to come or something. And I remember turning around and looking and you're like a mile back already, <laughs> just running like a fucking antelope. Yeah, I'm <laughs> out of there. I'm like, fuck this shit. So fast. Uh, <laughs> I'm going back to get the army to come back, dude. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, and it, um, so anyways, I went to Caroline and yeah, like she, one of the biggest, she's our energy reader. And one of the biggest things that she pulled out for me was that my energy is very, it's like, it has little sensors like mm-hmm. all around it. And I would assume that yours probably do too. Mm-hmm. And that's from feeling like we're under threat all lot, the time, yeah. like throughout our childhood. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we just be, have the, the, like, we're really, really sensitive to other people's energy and picking up cues mm-hmm. and things like that. Um, so yeah, like that's, that's one of the things. And, and then it started like, I didn't know how to handle it. Yeah. Um, so when I walk into rooms, even still, I don't really know how to handle it. So I like the past couple of months, I've been trying to figure s- that all out. Yeah. And like, almost like st- I need more time by myself mm-hmm. because it latches on to me. Like if someone else is frustrated, then it makes me frustrated and then mm-hmm. like holds, holds, holds that. And then I'm taking on everybody's energy and emotion as burdens yeah, when yeah. I don't need to be, but in a much more intense way than I ever felt. Yeah. So now you have to really learn how to control it and yeah, like if I'm forced to, otherwise I feel like I can't even go in public and like, <laughs> yeah. like, you know, when you walk into a room, you get those feelings. Well, like mm-hmm. one, the, like I was in a med- meditation and all of a sudden it's like, I could feel my building. Yeah. Like ever, like I could feel the people on my floor and above me and below me, like anyone around me, mm-hmm. the noises and frequencies coming from the city, the fact that I'm 10 floors off the ground, it all just like, and then I'm just anxious and then I'm just like freaking out and then I'm all off. Yeah. So yeah. for me, nature's huge. Yeah. Like just the grounding frequencies from the earth mm-hmm. is huge. Hearing um, like real calming nature sounds. Yeah. For me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, right now, like I do a lot of my meditations in the shower Mm -hmm. because it drains out everyone else's shit. Yeah. Because if you're, because like right now, like living closer to the city, it's still like noise. Yeah, that's true. I couldn't, uh, I don't have much experience living in the city. (laughs) Well, I used to do it growing up, like Mm -hmm. at Dwayne's, because God knows anybody walks into your room there all the time, Mm -hmm. whenever they want. Yeah, yeah. Um, So I would do it in the shower because then no one bothers you. Yeah. And then you can't hear, you're not interrupted by anybody talking or anything and shit. Yeah, exactly. Knocking on your door, but. Drowns it out. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's pretty much most of the story. I don't know. Is there anything else that beyond, I know. Yeah, I know lately it's just been a lot to do with kind of, yeah, I guess figuring all that stuff out. And the, I know the energy thing's been huge. That's what we've been talking about a lot. And that's kind of like, it seems like the direction you're going now, um, Things since things have sort of settled, you're kind of moving towards the energy um, side of things. And that's what's like, I mean, I guess that's just become most powerful from it now. Like that's what, I don't know if bothering you, but something that needs to be figured out next. Yeah. It, yeah. Um, 
Because yeah, like when I went for my energy reading after all this happened and I went to see Caroline, I was in like super rough shape. Mm -hmm. It's like uh, less than a week or so after it happened. And I, yeah, I was just like super rough, still like kind of distraught. Um, and I lay down and I told her and whatnot. And she, she felt when I was awake, like I was still in like a, I was feeling vulnerable. I was feeling threatened still. Mm -hmm. And she felt what, what happens is it's like my energy. It's like when it's feeling threatened, it, it separates Mm -hmm. and it throws what she feels and calls little Jamie in, in like my higher chakra, like above my head and puts a barrier there. And then he just stays there. Mm -hmm. And then, um, what she calls like protector Jamie, which is like a much more, more energetic, powerful, Mm -hmm. um, aggressive, raw, very, very raw emotion. Um, that stays here Mm -hmm. and that's the personality that I become. Um, and and that, that really helped me. She said it was almost like, imagine a a ball of yarn mixed with fine silk. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden you just pull the fine silk and that goes up here. Yeah. And then you're left with this tangled ass ball of super rough yarn or string or something. Um, so that, yeah, that was, that was another thing that was helpful because she can, and then the other thing that was important is she said that as I fell asleep, it all came back down and came together again. Yeah. So they're supposed to be together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's the integration process. So like what happened, the other thing, yeah. What happened when I was younger, it's stable, like it'll stabilize when it comes together. When I'm aligned and grounded, Mm -hmm. it stabilizes. Yeah. And then I'm just fully me. Yeah. You're good to go. Yeah. And, and, um, yeah, so it, like the mental mechanism was created when I was a little boy, mm-hmm. but the reason why, like I, at that time, I probably didn't have all the shit that I have now or yeah. I'm healing from now. It came from all these other things mm-hmm. like it, it, um, like just one after the next. Yeah. So like that happens. And then, um, you know, live, living with dad, I honestly think was probably one of the biggest contributors to the complex PTSD mm-hmm. because it's like a constant threat. Yeah. Like even like if you talk to any of our friends, like Connor describes it as like a war zone back in the day. <laughs> it was fucked. Like you can't, there's no safe place. No. Um, even to some degree, even from ourselves and each other. Yeah. Yeah. Like a lot of fighting, like Dwayne would come home screaming and stressed. Even if he didn't talk, it was still just like, you're almost like this, just like yeah. waiting for something to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and that like, yeah, it doesn't sound like a big deal, but I never thought of it as a big deal either. Really? Like obviously it was fucking annoying. And I was just like, man, like, holy shit. But like, you're just used to it. And like, you grow up like that and that's just like your life. And, um, I don't know. You kind of just, it was weird because at the same time he really built that resilience into us, but we were really just like getting that from countering him. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah. it's like, but then once you drop him, like, you know, once we moved out and all those things, it was like, it's a really, really good skill like that we have for life. But I never until recently even thought that that affected me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I was like, oh, whatever. It was nothing. But like, realistically, it was, it was a lot. It was like very, I mean, yeah, it was insanely stressful. Yeah, yeah. Like always, I was like, just remember, like treading, like, and it was, yeah, like you said, really hard to be alone and like have your space. It's like we'd leave, 
like he'd come home from work and we'd either lock ourselves in, in our rooms. I remember being in my room and like, if he just got home, I'd be in my room and I'd like try to make it to your room. But then he'd come through the door and I'd quickly just fucking retreat into my room and be like, fuck, I wanted to get to Shelby's room and now I'm stuck here. I can't leave. Yeah. Like, we would just hide a lot. Yeah. We would hide. Wouldn't want to open our doors, even take off on our bikes or once we had licenses, just mm-hmm. like anything we could do to be away during that time period when he arrived home. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it sounds really bad, but like I would, he'd probably listen to this and be really upset, but, um, not a bad dad. No, he no, just, no, no, it's no. just like, I think it's like, we, I don't even think he was really aware of, you know, at that point in his life. I mean, the other thing you have to understand is that he was a single dad for yeah. like most of this. Right. And like ran his own business, which is super stressful. Yeah. Had his own business and he was doing all these things, raising two kids and he was out there making the money and he was putting us through all these things. Like we got to play hockey. We had dirt bikes, like boat house on the lake. We had all these things, but, um, that wasn't really like what we wanted was that connection with our yeah, parents. I th- I, the connection was lost a little bit due to all these other things. Like he would drop us off at school in the morning, but we wouldn't see him till late at night, at night had babysitter. And like, it was just a lot of time spent alone and like two kids left in the house. We just ruined shit. Oh yeah. We just made time. bombs and fucking broke shit. And- oh Yeah. So that shit I mean, on fire. Yeah, it's uh Yeah, no, I mean we definitely had an amazing mm-hmm. childhood, but it was very It's just when you look back now and like analyze it, you can see like it's cool to look back and piece and be able to like piece together how it affected us in certain ways and and just so now we can get over that and heal it and understand it mm-hmm. instead of just like living blindly. Yeah. And to be honest, like I don't know, I wonder sometimes is like would I do the same to my kid? Like, would I do it all over again? Yeah. I, I think I think there's definitely things you could tweak, but at the same time, I can't help but be proud of who mm-hmm. we are because of the things that made us that way and gave us that resilience. Um, and I'm very grateful that we were raised and that everything that happened to us happened to us. Yeah, that's the other big thing too. Is like, I don't, I've never wished that it, anything was different. I don't look back and like, oh, I wish fucking he was this angel dad who literally bought us everything (laughs) and we lived in a mansion and we were like that classic family that sat there and had dinner together every night and then watched movies and shit like i don't know like it was it was good it was hectic it was like it was fun yeah there was a lot of shit a lot of fun a lot of stress I, i just think that people don't know what happened behind closed doors, I guess. Mm-hmm. Not that anything bad did, like, no, you know what I mean? No. But it's it's just, again, it's, it's that little bit of stress mm-hmm. or that like mediocre level of stress that happens for 19 years <laughs> yeah. and then it has some effect. Yeah. And I never really, again, I always just figure like that's, that's normal. Some people have it worse, but like some yeah. people don't. And then talk, going and talking to a therapist, I started to realize that like it was normal because it was normal to us. But like to other people, that's not always yeah, the case. No, for sure. And then like that going back and forth with between two parents, um, you mm-hmm. know, for and then like, yeah, like spending time with mom and, you know, she would move a lot to yeah. different like all the time, different places, sometimes have no place to go. Like I remember I remember sometimes I'd come home, come to dad's back mm-hmm. to dad's and I would just 
cry and just watch her drive away because I knew that I didn't know where she was going. Yeah. Because yeah. that day she scrounged as much money as she could and we would go to the pool or something. And and I remember sitting there, we'd, we'd choose what activity we could do. We could only do one because yeah. we only had 12 bucks to get into the pool mm-hmm. or something. And um, again, like even that sounds privileged. <laughs> yeah, at least you know, she made it to the pool. Yeah, but like, I don't know, man. I don't know where she was going after. I didn't know where she was sleeping. If she's sleeping in her fucking car, if she's like going to go, yeah. uh, I don't know, bum at some like dude's house. Like, I don't know. Like, yeah. oh, it was always, I think that created a very protective instinct in me mm-hmm. because the trigger for the dissociative disorder is actually highest. Um, not only when I feel threatened, but when you, when I feel that you or mom are mm-hmm. feeling threatened too specifically the two of you yeah yeah um so yeah no it's it's uh yeah and then that kind of like the whole that and then like the alcohol alcoholic stuff during that stage um Mm -hmm. and then leading for me like right into fights yeah like when i was hit 13 lots of fighting Mm -hmm. if if you broke it down by how many people it would honestly it would relate to getting in a fight every other week for like three years straight Mm -hmm. so it was very consistent yeah um some some stuff like i don't know just like dumb shit like stupid little like gang violence stuff around around like like locally yeah like having a fucking gun pointed at your face and shit like not a lot of i don't know just like packed on yeah over and over and over again yeah yeah and then all those things in certain ways morphed it worsened it Mm -hmm. and then created all the things that happen yeah yeah but yeah, it's a lot going on. Yeah. I wanted to touch briefly on, um, the multiple personality thing. Oh, okay. Because some people think that it has to be severe. Like, I don't mm-hmm. think that I'm some old woman or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah, <laughs> you, yeah. You know what I mean? Um, it can actually be very similar. So that's why yeah. unless someone's really perceptive, even if they saw the switch, they might not even know that they might still think it's me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, yeah. But people who are close to me, like, um, I don't know if you've seen it. Uh, Kevin mentions, mentioned seeing it that night in Whistler. I don't Connor, remember that, but yeah. Connor has seen it, Steven, uh, and they all describe it as like a switch. Yeah, Like yeah. something changes in me. And then that. I feel like I've definitely seen it. Yeah, well, I mean, you've been present for sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it like... Yeah. I don't know. It's weird. Um, mm-hmm. It's weird to think about. The way I think about it is like, I never really thought that it had to be a major difference until you said that. I didn't. I didn't. just feel like some people think it is as soon as you use the term multiple personality. Yeah. I think maybe like you were talking about the movies before, it might make it seem that way. Cause like they usually make it pretty extreme. Yeah. In some of those films. Those are like extreme, extreme. Cause they actually like the therapists consider my case is weird because a lot of people actually deal with this day to day. Like they don't have triggers. It'll just kind of happen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm super lucky that my trade that I kind of backed my triggers into a corner. I have very, very specific triggers. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, yeah, that's, yeah, it's not like a daily occurrence, which is nice. Yeah. But when it does occur, it's more, extreme. I have the, like the multiple, like, yeah, I had like, it's, it's, it's like fairly severe when it does mm-hmm. occur. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, kind of a rare, weird case. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah. I mean, some like they said, um, Janine even said, and so did the other guy. Like it was severe enough that when I explained it to the one guy who specialized in it, he called me right away at nine o'clock at night just to make sure I was like 
good and got yeah. me in like as fast as I could and just made sure that I was like treading lightly because I didn't want anything to set it off. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. So he took it, yeah, like he took it pretty severe. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and even like some of the other people are just, yeah, said basically like they were kind of almost like how how are you who you are? Mm-hmm. Like how how do you have a good head on your shoulders? Like, how are you so self-aware kind mm-hmm. of thing? Cause I go in there and I straight up say to them, it's like, I, I'm healing myself. I want you to help me understand me. And I yeah. have very in-depth questions for them and all these things. And so they just, they're like, yeah, like you're lucky to, mm-hmm. most people are alcoholics in jail, drug addicts. Some kind of like living some really confused, fucked up life. Well, that's what I was going to say. That guy was probably so concerned was like, how does he know that you're not some dude who's just like out drinking and partying all the time? So like that could have just happened again, like really fast and, and just yeah. as bad. Right. Yeah. True. True. Cause you pretty much nailed down right away. Like you already kind of knew triggers and things that were going on, but then you thought, okay, fuck, this was bad. And you just already toned all that back to nothing to just be able to figure things out. Mm-hmm. Whereas a lot of people, if they don't understand, right, they just go back on a piss up the next day. Yeah. 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 It's pretty. Was there something else? The closed minded versus open minded. Yeah. We touched on it a little oh, bit. It? Not major. Um, What were we talking about it with? I think just with being like for me that came when, when like talking to other people about it, mm-hmm. that, that became a, a thing for me. And it just kind of, I don't know, like this whole experience, I've had some experience with mental illness as far as depression and things like Mm -hmm. that, like minor, minor anxiety, but, um, just like to the definition of all this stuff going around, like, like the state, like ending the stigma around mental illness Mm -hmm. and there's big campaigns that they put on every year and shit and everyone's all in support of them and stuff yet, yet they don't have the open-mindedness, some of them at least, to just be open-minded about it when they're in it. Yeah. Like it's one thing to look at it from afar and be like, I support this, mm-hmm. but I just want to touch on that because I think it's important for people to analyze themselves to mm-hmm. see if they are being open-minded mm-hmm. because that's super important to, you know, to somebody who might be fragile about it. It might send them for a fucking loop. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I fear... I fear that for people because of things I went through. Like if you were fragile, I don't know, it might lead to suicide or something really bad. Yeah. So you mean like the, so like the, like your friend or whatever to be lit, like if someone's going through something and you're say, you know, like you're looking from the outside, but when they're going through it um, and they reach out to you or say something to you, then to be open-minded and listen. And um, I don't, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, um, because I, if you, I feel like, yeah, like I, I think the problem is people play, if you, if someone's going through something really serious and you're not open about it and you kind of just brush it off or play it off or say the wrong thing, um, it can be very hard on that person. Yeah. Which is, I think what you're getting to. Yeah. yeah. Like, like to a point that I never understood until all this happened, mm-hmm. um, And I was, I think I was okay enough to stand back and just be like, you know, it's not that it's not, if anybody's doing that, it's not their fault either. Um, I I think it's good because you're so aware that you're not attaching too much to what they say. Whereas like somebody who, and and you, 
you're you're also really um like you're just okay being alone i think where some people like i am too but i think people who rely on other people for things a lot then you're going through something like that and maybe the person you rely on is then not open-minded or just kind of brushes you off and you're really attached to that person and what they think then you're fucked yeah yeah absolutely and it could yeah like imagine someone being in a situation where they're in a really really dark spot like I was for a little bit Mm -hmm. and reaching out to somebody who is the only person in the world that they could ever talk to Mm -hmm. and it's you know, looking at it from a different, like from the outside, looking at that person, you feel like you're in a good mental spot. So it's yeah. hard to relate to them, mm-hmm. but they're in a really dark spot. Yeah. Like, like so dark that again, you can't relate to them. So mm-hmm. you, it's just being, knowing that you don't really know what someone else is going through. No. Like, I don't know, man, maybe someone else has some kind of severe dissociation stuff. It's actually more common than I thought after reaching out and talking to yeah. some people about it. I actually know some people who have it. Um, a lot of the similar situations growing up actually, mm-hmm. but, uh, yeah, it's, um, it, it like, yeah, if, if, if that happened in that specific situation, then I don't know, something really fucking bad could happen. Mm-hmm. And, um, and just cause like someone's triggers or whatever, like maybe happening too, like, for a lot of times I would compare, like when I first started dealing with this kind of stuff or talking to people about mental health or any sort of health, I would like really compare people's stories and be like, oh, well, that person's like maybe isn't as bad as mine or like, oh, mine's worse than that. They're only doing this or that person's way worse than me. But just because like maybe someone just had like a minor event happen in their life, it just like it doesn't matter. It it could be just as bad for them as someone who went through like 20 years of absolute shit. And maybe they just had one bad thing happen. Um, it can be just as bad. It doesn't matter. And like, I think a lot of times I was like, Oh, well, buddy's pretty mild, but like, you never know how that guy's feeling. He could be feeling worse than I ever had just from one thing. You don't know that. Yeah. That's something that you brought up to me recently. And that actually really hit home for me too. Cause that's so true. And that mm-hmm. actually helped me in my judgment of others mm-hmm. and, and holding, like taking that back and being like, you know, it yeah. doesn't matter what that thing is. That still might be the biggest fight of their life. Yeah. Especially like for us growing up, we had all this shit happening all the time. So like we were growing more resilient every time something happened and we have worse shit to compare it to. Yeah. And like for, for so a lot of things that might happen to me now, I would be like, fuck, I don't give a shit or whatever. <laughs> but if that happened to somebody who had like, didn't have to deal with a lot of that kind of stuff, that could be like a life ending thing for them. Yeah. So I think that, that was, that's an important thing to be able to, um, I don't know, see and stay open about. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think like we, you and I talked about open-mindedness on three levels mm-hmm. the other day where, um, level one would be like the openness to even hear somebody, mm-hmm. right? Like even, even just sit there and hear the, hear them. That's yeah. level one of open-mindedness. And level two is listening to mm-hmm. what they're saying like actively listening, not just hearing, but because this is a skill, people don't have this skill. Um, like listening without intent to reply, listening without your own biases. Mm -hmm. That's really hard. That's a skill in itself. That's like a prerequisite is, is, is maintaining your, like your, your bias or at least being able to keep it at bay. Yeah. Like listening with, I feel like 
when most people are listening to someone, they're just thinking about what they're going to say next or what they might have to say. It's like fully listening, not worrying about anything about you or what you're going to say or what you're doing. It's just like, it doesn't even matter. It's just or any listen. like predispositions on that person. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, like for, for me, I find it especially hard because it's, it's like something that's kind of taken control of my body in scenarios and done things that like, yeah, I mean, I take responsibility for it, but like that person who might be hearing me, sure they're hearing me, but they're blaming me at the same time. Yeah. So they're not actually listening because no. they have this, this blame and this negative, this negativity towards me. So like, that's not true open-mindedness then. No. Even though they're there to listen or to hear, they're not there to really listen. And then the third level would be to actively like do something about it. Mm-hmm. And the way that I can, uh, the, the best way that I can compare this to is actually veganism. So like, because it's something that people are very close minded to. Yeah. So it's like the whole plant-based stuff. Yeah. So level one would be like, okay, let's hear someone talk about it. Level two would be let, let's listen and let's consider, let's mm-hmm. actually consider it. Yeah. And the level three would be test it. Yeah. Go out there and actually do it and live it so you can experience it for yourself. Yeah. Try it on for yourself. See if it works. See if it yeah. doesn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that those, it's important to remember those for people out there who might be dealing with someone in a rough spot. Yeah, for sure. And even just in life, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. And it just makes like, that's the skill that I've been, like, I spent a lot of time working on stuff like that with my coach this year. And you noticed it so much. Like you come into conversations different ways, the way that you talk to people. And it just helps with like literally every relationship, mm-hmm. like every person that you talk to. It's like, even like you just go to the grocery store and you want to buy something. It's like you listen to that person and you actually like engage with them instead. Of, I guess like the engaging too, right? If you're just listening and judging, you're not really engaged with that person. You're kind of like barriering them because you don't really want to like, you're just like pretty much fuck this guy. Yeah. <laughs> so like <laughs> It's tough. But like when you actually really listen and then properly engage without just like, I, I don't know, it makes everything better. And even taking a moment to think about things. Yeah, you don't have to like instantly reply. And I think that's in people, I used to get awkward when it was silent. I'm like sitting there like, okay, what the hell? Like, this is weird. But now I don't care. Like, you don't have to say like every single thing that comes to your mind too, right? You can hold back, just say like meaningful things or something that like, I don't know. It starts I to build. I think that's a big s- skill too, is is actually knowing what not to say. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's, that's another one too. I, I think there's, uh, yeah, the, the, I guess just like the dialogue and conversation and stuff is like, I don't know. That's a, that's a skill to learn for sure. Yeah. In every aspect. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's my story. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So now I guess just quickly, like what, what are your next, like from today forward, what are you kind of focusing on? Um, in relation to the, to what we talked about today, um, digging deeper into the energy side of things. Mm-hmm. So I mentioned a couple things that happened, which I'll use as examples of this. Like you said that you're kind of still at the surface level or top level. Um, well, like meditating on it and going deeper into the things that I'm feeling mm-hmm. for one, I want to repeat that it's not a thought, like there's no logic behind it. There just isn't. Yeah. So if anybody out there is like thinking, about it right now, like thinking about if this energy shit is real or something, it's yeah. like, you're already not in <laughs> yeah, it. like yeah. you can only feel it. Yeah. The best way that I can describe it is 
I don't know, maybe like vivid dreaming, um, mm-hmm. where you're kind of awake, kind of not. And then you start thinking about it and like kapoof, it disappears mm-hmm. or like in a vision, like when I've had visions, if you think about it, it disappears in hypnotherapy. If you start bringing like more logical thought, you mm-hmm. can't do that. You, you just have to bring out whatever the first thing that comes to mind is. Yeah. So there's no, yeah, there's no logical thought present. It's really just feel. Mm-hmm. So stepping deeper into that is, is one of my main focuses. Um, like right now I can walk in and I can feel, I can feel someone's energy. Like when, what Caroline does is she touches someone, she feels their energy. Mm-hmm. She explains to you what it's doing. Yeah. And then she explains to you the emotions behind it. And then she explains to you what your body's telling you. Like gives yeah, you solid yeah. information on like, Hey, like maybe try this. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. I can only do step one. Mm-hmm. I can only feel, and it's confusing as shit because I don't know step two or three. Yeah. Like I, like I can feel their energy. I might be able to decipher a little bit of emotion, but I can only feel it. Mm-hmm. I can't like bring it to words yet. Yeah, yeah. So um, like I can't bring their emotions to words. So like I feel something and maybe sometimes I'll be like, okay, I need to leave, but I don't know why. Yeah. But um, let alone help them, which mm-hmm. is like the, the third, the last step. Yeah. So yeah, for me digging into that um, and I find that that's, and being able to like be aligned with myself so that I'm grounded so that if I don't want to feel other people's shit, then I don't have to. Cause right now it's really bizarre and it's all over the place. Yeah. Just being able to kind of let that go. Yeah. And then ultimately just, um, my daily practices. Yeah. Just, just keep up with all that. Keep and- up with my daily practices. I feel an, an urge, not an urge, like a desire, a want, mm-hmm. a need to do them now. Yeah. Whereas before I knew they were right. But now, yeah. I've, now I've hit a point that I want to do it. Mm-hmm. It's not like, oh, hey, I should do this more often. You know, it's everybody not knows burden. meditation is good for you. But yeah, like, yeah. no, it's like now it's like I get up and I just want to sit there for three hours on the floor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sounds odd. Um, yeah, that and just, yeah, spend more time with um, like the, the energy that came out in the dissociated state mm-hmm. was more powerful than me yeah the things that it could do well i want to i'm trying to integrate and figure out how to consciously use that power for good things yeah yeah instead of like harness it in other ways because like if i've been able to do those things (laughs) and feel the things like the fact that i could connect with mom the way i did that that night and and other bizarre things have happened too that i'm not fully explaining because it's kind of more esoteric yeah for some listeners maybe but um I know that it's there now yeah. and now if uh, you could like kind of use it on demand in good ways that you wanted to yeah. do with, that would be pretty sweet. Yeah. So that's, um, yeah, for me on my journey, that's my next step. And also just, I don't know. I think I, I after going through it all, it's given me some new perspective. So I'm, I'm happy to be here and sharing mm-hmm. because I think that's super important. Yeah. Um, and again, I, I find it my responsibility to get to the point of being able to help through healing. Yeah. And I think a lot of that is honestly just also talking about it mm-hmm. and, you know, letting people know that, like for me, I was super confused. I didn't, I didn't know anyone else who could understand me. Yeah. The closest guy was Mac actually. And okay. he is like hardcore bipolar. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, same thing where he feels like he's not in control of his body because mm-hmm. the emotions like rushing through his head and changes actions. Yeah. Right. Not very like different, definitely very different, but yeah, similar, similar enough that like, I felt like I could give him a fucking hug. Mm-hmm. I was like, Holy fuck. I was like, finally, yeah, I yeah. found someone who knows. Um, I think it's always like that too. Like as soon as, um, 
it's kind of funny. Like, I feel like the conversation usually goes two ways when you bring, like, I don't know, you meet new people or something and like, we're really open. I'll say anything. I don't care. Like about my life. Right. And sometimes you just splurge your shit out and people are like, holy fuck. Like, they don't even know what to say. (laughs) And then there's that one person that's like, oh my God, like I've gone through that kind of shit, blah, blah, blah. And like, you just make those like instant connections because they feel like, um, they just felt, you know, they feel understood and like someone that's been through the same thing. And like, that's super powerful for people. And yeah. Then, I don't know. Like, is that, I, that's one of my contemplations recently is, is that something to do? I, I think the reason I'm feeling this is because I feel like other people don't do that to me and maybe it's because they don't like me or something mm-hmm. or don't want to be my friend or something. But like, I'm fucking open book, man. I'll yeah. go for dinner with someone and I'll get as deep as I can possibly go. And I would love to, it's, I'm just open. It's not yeah. like I'm trying to, but it's just what yeah, I think out. it's I hard just, and, it flows. and like the more you kind of have those conversations, you can kind of maybe feel out like what certain people can handle. Um, cause I don't know, sometimes it's like just a lot for people to, um, try and I guess like make sense of or understand or if they haven't been through it, they're just kind of like, holy shit, what the hell is this guy talking about? It's a lot to, um, I don't know, figure out. But yeah, I don't know. Like I know a lot of people who will say you shouldn't do that. Like don't just blow out all your fucking shit to someone right away. But like, I mean, I, 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 I definitely try not to do all of it at once. But I, I like, don't, yeah, I don't go crazy. Like but, a little, like, like for example, the topic of like, I don't know, like the alcoholism growing up. Yeah. Like that to me is like a table topic. Not, not, not to bring up, but <laughs> no, I, yeah. not, not like, I'm just like, Oh, Hey, like, blah, blah, blah. Did this, I, you know, did this when I was younger. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just mean that like, if it came into the flow of conversation, it would be open ground. Yeah. I think too, it's like, it's just depends again. It just goes back to like how you're conversing with it. Like if you're going to just go into conversation, start throwing shit at people trying to like, I don't know. It's like you're trying to be the center of attention or trying to like, you know, people will do that where they just keep like, oh, well, this is, I did this. It's way worse. I did this. It's way worse. Every Mm -hmm. time someone says something, they're like, oh, well, I did this. Oh, well, this. So it's just like, but yeah, being in flow and like having a real dialogue about it is like, in my opinion, the way to do it, obviously. It's just like, I just want to learn. I'm just interested. Like I'm open like that because I'd like other people to converse with me like that because I'd want to know about them. And I like, like hearing that's yeah, like you want to hear that stuff about people. That's how you learn things. That's how and you, like, that's how you, and how you bond. Yeah, like real connection. Yeah. Like what, like what else do you do? You just like, otherwise it's all I like, just get bored when you're kind of sitting there and people are like, oh yeah. Like, did you see fucking. It's either drama or bullshit, like kind of happenings. Shit about the news or something you saw on Instagram or mm-hmm. whatever. It's like, man, like. Or I even like, I mean, a next level of, of good conversation is like theoretical mm-hmm. philosophy. Or something like that, where you're talking about just general life stuff. Cosmic secret, bro. (laughs) But then that kind of gets to a point where it's like, okay, you can talk about that with someone all you want, but Mm -hmm. you still don't know them. No. And that's why I think it's, that's why I'm open about my past. Yeah. And I don't know, but yeah, that is something that I'm working on because I don't know whether I should be like, I don't know. Sometimes I think like, okay, no one else is doing this at this party. Should I, should I close up too? But then I'm like, is that who I am? Yeah, I think maybe I just I don't belong it, at this party. Yeah, I guess it, yeah, I guess it depends. Um, 
I don't know. And like, I feel like I learn every time I have a different conversation, right? Like sometimes I definitely come in a little hot and I'm just like, okay, that's yeah. a little much right now, but you gauge it. And like, I don't know, the more you hang out with certain people or meet new people and you start to kind of tell, um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Just another one of those things to kind of play with and learn. But yeah, that's, that's where I'm heading right now with the okay. whole the energy stuff, energy stuff. And yeah, daily practices and, um, just sharing and being there for people. Okay. Um, yeah, that's awesome. It was super cool to hear the story. I know I've obviously heard some of the, most of the stuff before, but, um, yeah, definitely tough. Well, not a little tough for me to try and act as a listener (laughs) and like pretend like I don't know certain things so that I can get information for everybody else. Um, but yeah, no, I think it's super powerful. There's a lot of good information. Um, and if anybody who is listening wants to reach out um, or has any questions about it, like reach out, ask us, especially about um, any of the practitioners and people that we talked a lot about. Like, Yeah, happy- especially if anybody's local that yeah, might like- want recommendations because, you know, you've spent 30 grand. I've probably spent 10. Yeah. I mean, in the past two months, let alone years prior. So like. Yeah. Don't go spending all your money. We can, we might be able to limit. (laughs) Yeah. We've got a pretty (laughs) good list of like some of the good, um, practitioners and people out there in like all of the kind of holistic field. I would say there's a lot of really good people we know. Um, and books too. I'll, I'll, I'll note the surrender experiment and I don't know. I think that's pretty much the only one we mentioned, but Mm -hmm. yeah, that's pretty much it. So yeah. Any questions reach out and yeah, Yeah, we should throw some book picks on your site. Like just like random recommendations. I have that. Oh, do you? Yeah, yeah. Surrender experiments on there. Oh, is it okay? I guess I could just say that. (laughs) (laughs) It's in the top. It's in the recommended reads right there on the homepage. There you go. Yeah. Okay. Well, awesome. Thanks for that. And I'm sure you'll be back, and we'll talk about a lot more crazy shit. So (laughs) this is just the start. Absolutely. Well, awesome. thanks for having me for my first unit. <laughs> and if anybody out there wants to chat at all about any of the stuff that I've been through or whatnot, you know, feel free to get in touch with Shelby and ask for my shit. If you don't know me and if you do, then by any means necessary. Yeah. Um, and even like family and friends, like honestly, there's a lot like there's things I've shared here that that I would the majority of everybody doesn't know mm-hmm. so even family and friends yeah 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 well i'll like i'll tag you and put your like con- okay. contact stuff in the show notes and stuff if people want to reach out over email or something yeah i'll put it in my instagram bio <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. okay well awesome all right thanks yep bye <laughs> <laughs> bye bye love you bye love you